right, we're back. Another week, and Devin's out of town, so I needed to get a co-host. And not a guest. I don't want to call it a guest because, I don't know, we can't do it. Third, third time's the charm? Third time, at, at this point, you're almost on, on payroll. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish we got paid. Right? That'd be so <laughs> amazing. Uh, all right, as you may remember, this is Vanilla Will Smith. That's me. Uh, we just call him Will, but Vanilla Will, just because everyone needs to know he's white. I'm still <laughs> salty about that, that I don't have any hand in picking my own nickname you, as a fighter. You don't. And I get saddled with that. Yeah. Still salty. You, Maybe that's why I stopped fighting. I just didn't <laughs> want to deal with it. Not really, but. Yeah, but there's some people who they try giving him a nickname and it just never quite sticks. Like It's true. Uh, I got a buddy, Travis Lucia, he's been on many mm-hmm. times, and they've tried to give him multiple nicknames and none of them have quite stuck except for like mm. Lazarus maybe or Last Round or Last mm. Dance or they're always trying to pin him with these nicknames. Uh, I called him Boner because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, at one point we were in a motorcycle club together, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanted Sons of Thunder. And, and mm. the, the Greek or the Latin or whatever it was, was Bow Energies. Mm. Uh, it's like a very, very great name. And it's like, mm. oh, ba- Bow Energies. And I'm like, no, you don't get to pick your, you don't get to pick your nickname. <laughs> we're we're going to castrate that one a little and call you Boner. Oh and he God. got mad and we're like, oh, watch out for Raging Boner. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like I, I really was, self-conscious isn't the right word. Yeah, I was self-conscious of yeah. the name Vanilla Will. Because I was like, that is, that is the least badass nickname I could possibly <laughs> think of. And the funny part is now that I'm older, I probably fit the nickname better because I'm a much less aggressive person than I was back then. Right. I've mellowed out so much. <laughs> so I, I feel like it, it kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, in that way. And, oh, isn't that exactly it? I got called the Grinch for a long time. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't like it at first. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, you're the Grinch. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not that. And then we're like, it just kind of stuck. And I'm like, all right. Fuck it, let's go. Yeah, I'm the Grinch, and I just became a salty motherfucker. You just lean into it. <laughs> be like, no, you've created this monster. I didn't want this. You said it. <laughs> I'm going to be exactly <laughs> what you said I would be. Oh. And but I, I have grown in depth when it comes to understanding of why I dislike Christmas and mm. kind of mm-hmm. refilter myself of understanding what what what's going on. What's in my head? Why do I get so angry? And it's it's more a um, commercialization. Oh. Hijacking, commercial hijacking of, of the holiday. Of all the things for us to like wholeheartedly agree on, I think we agree on this. Mm-hmm. I hate Christmas. The the whole corporate song and dance. Yeah. I, I'm just so done with it. Yeah. But, and I always put an asterisk on there because mm-hmm. I have kids and it's, you, you, you yeah. start seeing, because you don't want to, th- I never want to throw out the holiday. I don't want to throw mm-hmm. out any holiday ever because then what's the point? What, what are we doing? That we have to have some level of mysticism. Otherwise, we're, if everything is meaningless, then fucking throw it. Why are you taking time off? Why are you spending time with mm-hmm. family? If all of it means nothing. No, what? how we celebrate something and how we take use this moment to engage with other things bigger than ourselves mm-hmm. as a community and as a society. But the commercialization, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. It's like I, I use it as as a as an excuse to lean into spending time with family, quality mm-hmm. time, and stuff like that. That's what my brain is latched onto as Christmassy. Not mm-hmm. the lights, not the trees, not the presents. Yeah, couldn't give a fuck. Like just yeah. zero I, fucks I, given. As a Christian, I have um, found a way to mentally. Uh, put myself in some mental gymnastics mm-hmm. to justify the giving of gifts, and uh, the same way that God gave Christ His Son mm. to the earth as a gift, 
we get to participate in that when we give gifts to others without any point or uh, hopefully no expectation of return. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I get to participate in this action that God did by giving gifts Mm -hmm. to my children. And I'm like, okay, all right, I I can do this as long as I come into it with the right heart and the right mindset, Hmm. not not adhering to the give my kids everything they want. (laughs) No, give them what they need and then a little more. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because we're we're coming at coming to the, a very similar conclusion from very different angles. In mm-hmm. in your sense, you have a a um, a theological angle attached to it, yeah. And in my sense, I view I view gift giving as like a one aspect of showing affection. Yeah, you know, the, the different one of the one of the different love languages yes. is giving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation. I'm not touching people very much. Giving <laughs> hugs around Christmas, but that's about as touchy feely as I get. Yeah, but I just view it as as another expression of affection towards you know family and and, and close folk. How how does uh, I, I I'm I realize I might be reading into a little bit where flatter um, the touchy feely thing of hugging or just that that personal touch if you're not into that kind of thing but for a short term you were into jujitsu mm-hmm. how did, did that was there a conflict or was it just completely separated it's like oh no that's completely um, different sort of it was always tricky for me to get into it like the mm-hmm. first the first uh, rumble of the night was always hard i had yeah. to like work myself up because i'm not i am touchy-feely in the sense that i like showing affection via touch, but that's it. Like that's the yep. thing is close physical touch is generally a form of affection in my brain. That's the connection it has. Yep. And so rolling with somebody on a mat, that's weird. I don't want that. I don't want affection <laughs> to be part of that equation. I'm there to kick ass and take yep. names. Um, so always the first match, it, it took a little while for my brain to kind of hop into gear. Yeah. Once I'm into it, I can kind of put the blinders up and, and just go to town. Yeah. You're like, oh, you, there's a separation that happens yeah. after the first match. It's probably once the adrenaline starts pumping into me a little oh. bit that, that I can make that differentiation much easier. Yeah. It puts you in, it puts your mind into a different mode. Yeah. Okay. I, I do got to ask, cause I know that mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it's, it's, if you're not into physical touch, cause I know mm. people like that. It's like the idea of a hug, like terrifies them. Yeah. like. I want to give this person a hug to the extent that I'm going to make them uncomfortable. I'm like, mm. I'm going to give you a hug now. <laughs> just brace yourself. Mm-hmm. This is non-sexual. Yeah. Just uh, like this girl back in the day, I was like, this, this person, I'm like, oh, I miss her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to give you a slight hug. Nothing over, nothing crazy. We'll, we'll leave some room for Jesus just, in here. <laughs> just, I love you. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here to see you again. It's the good old, and, the good old Christian side hug. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm from Quebec. Mm. Quebec, they're huggers. They're kissers. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm, give a kiss mm-hmm. on each cheek and hugs. At, you you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're huggers. And you become a hugger. And that's something I love about the motorcycle community is the hugging. Like there's mm-hmm. this physical aspect of, oh, I love these guys. And you mm-hmm. just give hugs. Like when you hugs meet a guy. And, and But that's the thing. We've over-sexualized, over-personalized in some area mm-hmm. of being like, well, if you're not hugging everybody, like that's something they mm-hmm. overdid in Quebec in my opinion. But at the same time, it's something I love and Yeah. I mean I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty free with my hugs, but like uh I, I do definitely like f- for me they're on like a high pedestal in, in, in my head. Yeah. You don't and, hug anybody. <laughs> I mean I I will if they really want one because oh, yeah. I can be like, you know, dilly gaff, I don't I don't care. Yeah. Um for, for those who don't know what that is, that is uh, Australian slang for do I look like I give a fuck. It's it's, it's biker culture too. Oh, cool. They, they great. love it. They have tabs that say Dilly Gaff oh, on perfect. it. perfect. I love Dilly Gaff. It's great. <laughs> um, happy to give hugs, and, and but I, I do find, I find most physical contact intimate, not in a sexual way, just like yeah. emotionally intimate. So like that's why I don't, I'm not much of a dancer either. 
No? No, I not that I don't enjoy dancing. Dancing is, is fun and all. But the idea of being up close and holding somebody, it is, a, for me at least, it is a largely intimate experience to yeah. kind of like close in a little bubble around two people within a bigger group. Yeah. And it, it's, it is personal because you are you are synchronizing your emotion exactly. and your, your physical posturing in that area. So I don't dance with people that are not my wife. I mean, I would. I'll dance with my daughters. I don't dance with people yeah. for me. I will dance with anyone if they ask me to, but I'm probably not going to go out of my way to do it. And it's, it, not because I don't want to yeah, or, or don't enjoy it, but it is, it is a decidedly in, intimate thing. As you say, like you have to link, you have to kind of like move your emotions and your, your bodily movements in lockstep. Yeah. And so I, I do find that to be, I mean, that's probably why so many people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. They, they can enjoy the intimacy of that without any, uh, um, not baggage, that's not the right word, but it just has a lot of weight in my brain and I don't, I don't yeah. put that on anyone else. That's just, that's just me and my brain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm 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 in the same boat. Maybe it comes from our our Christian upbringing of I think I think that does play a certain level of probably influence on that because I don't know dancing seems so for my family at least you you don't just do it if mm-hmm. you're gonna do it you're gonna do it with somebody you care about you love or whatever yeah. like they we, they my parents put it on such a pedestal that we just never did it because mm. of it's like no you just don't go to dances and we're the school systems and the modern secular culture has put it to the point of you can dance with anybody. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. And, but for my family, it was a big deal. So choosing to dance meant, okay. And I'm, I'm a whore. I can two-step like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That's about as far as it goes. Yeah. I, once upon a time, <laughs> I could waltz a little bit. But. I learned to foxtrot and mm-hmm. a couple other ones way when I was a kid. See, but. It's funny because like, I, I think it was barn dances for me that ruined it. Really? It, it was, it was That's barn dances and courting culture. Yeah. Well, no, because everybody in my age, when I was going to these dances, like a you know, mid-teens to early 20s, yeah, that was what you went to barn dances for as a young dude. Like, yeah. you didn't go to barn dance. Like this some, is some, your opportunity to... Yeah. Once in a blue moon, a guy would go just because he wants to cut a rug. Yeah. But nine times out of 10, dudes are going there to find girls to dance with. Yeah. And then they get their number and they can start courting. Like, that. that yeah. is why you go. You're wife hunting, effectively. Yes. And so... There's, there's connections in my brain that are, that are hold like a high level of intimacy to dancing. And I think it is largely due to things like that being the default as a teenager. As I'm getting older, I am falling out of that a little bit. Like the idea of like, quote unquote, snuggling with somebody on a couch platonically, even just like resting on somebody platonically watching a movie, it used to be utterly foreign to me. Like the idea of doing that was like, no, why would I want to be that close to somebody that I'm not? in a relationship with. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. I mean, I mean, I'm I, in I between. <laughs> if it's it, like a close friend, I couldn't care less. Like, you know, take yeah. your feet up on my lap, lay your head on my lap. I don't care. I know girls like that, but I was, uh, I always had the intention of this is going to go somewhere. Mm. Once <laughs> they, upon a time, I then, was there too. And then they never did anything and I got so mad. I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck you. You're, I just did. They're, they're dragging me along and I, I hated that. But that, I think that's, I think it's, I think that's ingrained to our DNA of, of wanting something as a male, wanting to spread the seed, want to procreate, wanting, Um, I really do think that it's genetically imposed on us. Kind of agree. I I think a lot of it is in a poorly understood, unwritten social contract. Cause like people that I would allow to sit in my lap are people that I know well enough to know. And we have communicated that our, our relationship is purely platonic like we are friends yeah so when they lay their head in my lap i have no illusions as to why they're doing that they're doing it because it's comfy because they're seeking some level of intimacy yeah just just to be intimate with somebody to be close to somebody so i'm okay with that that's fine if it's just a random person 
I'm not fine. I don't know their intentions. I don't know where we stand and all yeah. these questions in my head. And because I have that uncertainty, yeah. that's a that's a no-go for me. Yeah. But platonic people that I, I, I have communicated well with and, and know well, yeah. I think that's fine. I'm, I'm not bothered by The thing by is, I, I, I had a tendency in my younger years to read into things unnecessarily. Like Big mood. This, okay. Uh, I went to go visit my friends in Quebec one time. Mm-hmm. And... Like I said, very touchy, very feely, very huggy. And there was this one girl, beautiful French girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say names because she's probably married now. Anyways, not speaking ill of her, not saying anything mm-hmm. went crazy. But at one point, I gave her a big hug. Like, I, I missed her. I really did. Like, it was one of those people that I just, I, I really had a connection with. Like, we mm-hmm. talked. And uh, then she held my hand. And then I went to go walk away. And she was still holding my hand. And there was no getting away from this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Uh, I don't want to go back out west. <laughs> it was one of those handholds of, I mm. don't want to let you go because I'm worried you'll never come back. Kind of whole handhold. And right. God, God knowing, I didn't go back. Mm. I haven't been back there. I've seen her periodically in the last ten years, once or twice. No, mm-hmm. once. And it's just kind of where life took me. Mm-hmm. But there was an intimacy in that moment of it wasn't just a hug. Mm. It wasn't just a, uh, a holding hands for a brief second. And when I was like, okay, there's something here, but maybe I was reading into it. Maybe I wasn't. Who knows? Who knows? I I have, I I think I was in a similar boat when I was younger. Is I, I would read into small gestures, small movements, small yeah. pieces of intimacy way too deep. Probably because I was touch starved as a kid, but that's just a whole a whole other thing. Oh, and so now I'm like I'm really adamant. Really, you were touch starved? Do you think? I mean, not like excessively so, but our family, and it's not because like my parents were like, "Don't touch us." No, or the kids were like, "Don't." We just we just didn't like we just never really yeah. did. We were never overly huggy. We were never overly physically affectionate. Like I would not rest my lap in my. You didn't cuddle with your your mother and father. Not, and... not that I can remember. The okay. closest thing, that, and I, I do hold on to, I hold on to this memory very dearly. Is the closest thing is that when my dad and I would we be we'd be in church. Excuse me. We both had a horrible habit of falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we would do is we would take turns scratching each other's backs to stay awake. Oh, that was the kick is I would sit there and scratch my dad's back for five minutes and then he'd scratch my back for five See, minutes. That sounds it, like a very intimate thing. Like, it that, is. That's, that's not a, it yeah. is, but that's like the only piece of substantial physical intimacy that I can recall really? easily. Like I obviously gave my dad, my dad hugs, yeah, yeah. my mom hugs and siblings hugs, but not commonly. It was always as a hello or a goodbye. And that yeah. was basically it. Yeah. I, I know that one now as an adult, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I know that my relationship with my father is, is more, I have a higher understanding of him and he has a better understanding of me, mm-hmm. uh, probably more than I think he does. But yeah, uh, I just, for my, ch- I just think of my children now mm. and I enjoy the times that I get to sit with them on my lap yeah. and just have those cuddles. And It's great. And I know that maybe one day down the road they'll be like, my dad never hugged me enough. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I totally did. And if my dad hears this, he probably remembers times when I was, uh, you know, big and sitting on laps or whatever when I was like a toddler. But how we but, perceive things, right? I mean, I just, I mean, I also just have no real clear memory beyond like yeah, age five or there so. There could be a good chance that, um... It was so common that it... You, it is totally possible. You you don't even remember it because it was such commonplace. We'll of, put that little asterisk in there. That, ca- just in case. Just in case. Just in case. But like, anyways, because of that though, like I'm, I'm super adamant with not really as much platonic, but certainly with romantic relationships, super clearly defined yeah. boundaries of understanding when it comes to physical intimacy. Yeah. 
I, I have to have those in place or I can't, I hate guessing. I'm, I'm, I, I won't guess when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. I hated that as a young adult, just trying to figure out where I stood in yeah. somebody's life. That, I, oh, that was the single worst thing in my life. Like it, I even, when my wife came back from Australia, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we were in close contact. We were in a lot of chats, a lot of like, like mm-hmm. conversations. And then she got back and I just got hyper insecure of, is she still going to like me when she gets here? Mm. Like how much, how much do I push? How much do I not? And I'm like, I became very insecure of, of my understanding of where I actually sat in her life was one thing. Well, uh, she's making contact before she gets here. It's another Mm -hmm. thing for when she actually gets here. And I Mm -hmm. didn't know where I stood. I thought I knew. And then I overanalyzed and Mm -hmm. destroyed myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can relate. I feel like it's one of my favorite um, side effects, I guess, is the right word or term, kind of side effects of the, the cultural shift we see around um, around sex specifically, but intimacy and consent. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite side effects is that the idea of clearly communicating boundaries and consent yeah. is now not only something that like you should do, now it is like becoming mandatory. Like that is, that is a baseline. Yeah. But have you heard, okay, I know of multiple occasions where sometimes a girl or a guy is like, no, I want you to fucking take control of the situation. Mm -hmm. We're in the same boat here. I want you to grow a pair and stop asking about consent every single time. But a guy's like, Mm. yeah, but you made it's like, yeah, well maybe they, maybe people don't know what they actually want. (laughs) This is also a possibility, (laughs) but I'll never, especially when it comes to physical intimacy, Mm -hmm. I never assume what they want. Yeah. I will preemptively like, hey, this is, you know, do you want to do this? They say yes. Okay, cool. Do you want me to be more aggressive or take charge in this? And if they say yes, okay, cool. Now we've set up that. That is something that they want. Now I can explore that area now that I've got a guardrail up essentially. You've got, you got the uh, plausible deniability of your point. It's a liability thing. It really is. Honestly, if we're going to put it in insurance claims, it's a liability thing of you have given me license to take certain uh, we'll call it poetic liberties. Sure. Like where you get to, you have a f- certain level of freedom where until you say otherwise, I'm going to go as aggressive. I'm not saying do like slapper and yeah, puncher. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's unreasonable. Some people like that. Some people like no that. Shade. <laughs> but at the same time, there has to be that certain level of play and risk. And yeah. I, I think it's, even as a married man, still there is that level this... of how, how, how aggressive, how, yeah. how do you want me to act uh, as a man? But at the same time, they're like, I want you to act like a fucking man. It's like, well, now what is your understanding of a man? See, and that, <laughs> and that for me is, I, I agree wholeheartedly that there, there has to be a lot of trust and assurance within those boundaries to make yeah. sure that, as you say, that it's not a liability. I mean, I hate thinking of relationships in, in such, um. Legalistic? Legalistic I terms, the but at the same time, you're, you're, you basically hit the nail on the head. It, it is a liability. Um, yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, like that for me makes it easy. If someone tells me, hey, be a man, do more and won't lay out clear boundaries, that is a gargantuan red flag. I'm like, cool, yeah. why am I here? I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not taking that risk. Yeah. Just so you can, you know. That's a risk analysis right there. You'd be like, okay, yeah. I don't know where your line is because I don't think you know what your line is. Yeah. Because you got to, you got to look into what is your idea of what a man is? Because your idea of what a man is and maybe what I perceive your idea to it. what a man is. It, it's not even how they perceive being a man. It's how they perceive communication. Yeah. If, if to them that is something that is unnecessary to communicate. Yeah. Where else 
is the communication going to break down? Because if that basic area of communication can't be firmly laid out clearly yeah. and concisely, I don't want any part in it. Yeah. I would not want to be in a relationship with someone who couldn't do that. Where, uh, yeah, there needs to be a certain level of trust with mm-hmm. who, and that's why I think sexual, um, limitations are not limitations. Boundaries are very good because I think yeah. you need to understand who you're with before you start fucking around. Cause if you just yeah. jump into the bed, if you just like, Oh, sex doesn't mean anything. No, it means a lot. I think it matters because if it didn't matter, we wouldn't, uh, our entire culture is built on sex. Women are the yeah. decider unless horrible circumstance, but they, they perpetuate the culture and, and, we need to understand them as best we can. Blame them for perpetuating the culture. I think it's pretty mutual. Um, they, they are the genetic the genetic pusher. They are the, they, they choose which way the culture goes because. Oh, they definitely choose. I think they're the end result. I think we're the pusher. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of where we're let to go. Yeah, but they're the filter. Yeah, 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 but they're not the pusher. We're the pusher. They're yeah, the filter. Yeah, we push, but they're the filter. Yeah, yeah, like they, that makes They more decide, sense. okay, this guy's an asshole. I'm not going to procreate with somebody like that. Again, yeah. Putting into consideration the it's tragedy of, of rape and shit like that. Yes, obviously. Well, I don't think I need to say it, but I have to say it just in case people are like, you didn't say me. Clarifying it is good. Now <laughs> nobody can make sure or can yeah. assume that you don't think yeah. of that. Yeah. But at the same time, in a right and just culture, women perpetuate what the ideal, what they're looking for in a, a, a partner. I mean... To a certain extent, because then they have to know what they want too. And if they don't know what they want, well. And it's, it's weird because like I, I have such a maelstrom of feeling about that. On one hand, I, I kind of agree that, that is the, the pervading state that we're in now. Yeah. Is that the, at the end of the day, they get to decide the direction that we're moving culturally in terms of sex. I don't think that's the way it should be, but probably not in the same way that you think. I, see, I, I think that. Maybe this is me just advocating guys be pickier, but. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, 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 I think that's important too. Well, picky and just in the sense better. that. They need I, to be better, not just pickier, better. We, they need to be better people because then they're worthy of a female's affection and attention. I don't want it to be worthy of female's affection and attention. I want, I want them to be, I want them to have self-worth. Yeah. If that makes sense. To know what they want, where they want to go, how they want to do it. And then it becomes a collaborative thing and not like a, we're the pusher, they're the filter or they're the pusher, we're the filter. And it doesn't become, you know, who has which portion of that equation and rather yeah. it just becomes a collaborative thing. I mean, obviously I'm waxing. I, I would, okay. Dreaming. I would dream of a collaborative <laughs> society, great. but we're not in a moral society. So I want everyone to be better all the time with that <clears throat> understanding women on mass go for a man of higher income a little bit older. Oh, there's a term for that. I can't remember what it is. It's, it's something to do with the eighty twenty rule. But yeah, where yeah, eighty uh, percent of the men make twenty percent of the children. Or no, I don't know. They just do twenty percent of the men yeah. produce twenty percent of the cul- or eighty percent of the culture. Something to that effect. It, the eighty twenty rule works everywhere. That's the great part about it. Sort of. It, it works. It's a hard and fast rule. Yeah, you can't you can't avoid it. You can't. Name a name a portion of society. Everyone, every, even the people who say hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. No, fuck that. Because if 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 more kids, if they said that every single person who was sexually abused abuses sexually abused kids or make more kids, then sexual abuse would be going up. Statistically, it's not going up. 
So hurt people do hurt people, but not to the same degree. They're not doing exactly what was happened to them because no. every single person that it happens to, well, a lot of them are like, I, I, I don't want that for anybody else. Yeah. I don't like the, the saying hurt people hurt people because I think that it it's because hurt in the sense of um, how to word this. I think the people who were hurt and haven't dealt with it mm-hmm. hurt people. Mm-hmm. I've been hurt yeah. and I try not to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Imperfect as always, but it's because I'm dealing with it that I'm going to hurt people less. If I yeah. didn't deal with the things that hurt me and the consequences thereof, I would hurt more people. Yeah. So hurt people, hurt people is kind of a... I don't like it. When people yeah. say it, I'm like, I disagree. I don't think you I actually do thought about it or you're actually a victim of substantial hurt. Everyone's hurt in some level. Yeah. I'm not going to say nobody like, oh, that person's not hurt. No, they they probably have been through stuff. I mean, comparing trauma is rarely <laughs> healthy. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. The person who, you know, escaped uh, North Korea and then went to, uh, what's that? Where did they go? They went to some American university and they said they were more censored there than they were uh, in North Korea. Like, they were like, yeah, it was horrible. I had a life experience. I said where I was coming from. And they're like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) They were being told they don't understand things. I mean, Jordan Peterson interviewed her. uh, I don't remember her name. (sighs) Joe Rogan did as well. Yeah. I I don't know the details of her story. I've heard it mentioned repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of those things where... I view her testimony as, I mean, it's, it's testimony, it's personal testimony, which in like a a hierarchy of evidence is not high. Well, but it's never zero. (laughs) It's never zero. Absolutely true. Yeah. But if I have to choose between her testimony and let's say a group of people that, whose job it is to compare levels of censorship between countries or in these instances, I'm going to go with the group of people who do it for a living as opposed to her testimony. I don't, I don't trust people. I mean, I don't. I, I, I trust personal testimony over, like, I know guys who have been to Romania who were like, oh, Canada's out of love. Like, he lived in Romania. No, sorry, I misspoke. From Romania, mm-hmm. communist Romania, who were like, that was a shithole country, and I came to Canada for a better place. And Trudeau is doing things that very much uh, look exactly what they what was happening in Romania. I mean, at a surface level, sure. The reason and the rationale behind that are different, but that's getting into a, a mm-hmm. deep rabbit hole on communism, which is something else I have bones to pick with. People sling the word communism and Marxism around really ad nauseum. Yeah, it's it's a great word. I like it. I mean, it's a cool word. Uh, people rarely use it correctly, I think. Yeah, well, th- hmm. I it's, disagree. It's overused. I disagree. It does get overused. I agree <laughs> with that. Well, simultaneously, there are people like, that's not real Marxism. It's like, well, who said it? Well, Marx did. And they'll discredit Marx by saying that's not real Marxism. And it's like, no, that's the guy who wrote the fucking book on it. I think it's the other way around is they're discrediting what people think is Marxism because it's not Oh, no, they discredit themselves. Uh. But I've I've heard people on different podcasts be like, well, that's not real communism. It's like, it's the fucking guy who wrote the book on it. Yeah. He wrote a book on Marxist communism. I say modern communism been big quotation marks. What you see a lot of on social media is quite different from Marxist communism. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't believe in, I, I am so anti-communist because uh, these people, most people who actually believe in communism are college educated. Who are the people who rise up in communist, in Marxist communism? The I, farmers, I, the commoners, the working class, 
People who went to college that are higher educated are not among that. They don't know a hard day's work if it bit them in the ass. Most. Most college kids do not know what a real hard day's work is. Uh, I, I feel like that's a... It might I'm, be a broad. I'm going to push back. Yeah, it's, it's painting with a very broad brush. Mm-hmm. I mean, not hard work in the same sense that I do hard work as like a, a blue collar guy where I go in and I punch my, yeah. punch my metaphorical card for, yeah. you know, nine hours a day. They are not doing that. No. But almost every student I've known, maybe, maybe I'm obviously like, there's going to be some bias because I'm mostly friends with people who happen to have been really good students. Yeah. In terms of like hours put in, they put me to shame. They, they would do, they do oil field level hours yeah, on the regular. I'm, I'm about to be doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and forward it's, to it. Oh, so, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta that. do that really quick. Hey, um, people who saw my reel about the beard, uh, on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. I'm getting a new job. That's all it is. I had to shave to get back in the oil field. Mm. I disagree with that fucking rule. You shouldn't need to shave. Masks are now positive air. You, they are constantly feeding you air. Yes, you'll get less air time out of it, but you can have a beard and still be under gas. If you know you're going to be under gas, fucking shave. Yeah. But if, you, if it's an emergency, you're not under air for that long. So I disagree with that. I think it's stupid and socialist bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. I want my beard back. I'm As cold. A, I'm, I'm so fucking I know, right? cold. I did it in the winter. I shaved mine last time in the winter. That Terrible idea. Horrible. Terrible idea. It's <sighs> awful. I um, did mine in the summer and I was freezing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here and stroke my beard then. <laughs> Just a little, little bit more now. Uh, all right. And so until Devin's back in, I have the longest beard. That's right. right now, so it's oh, really disappointing. <laughs> uh, so you were saying that a lot of, a lot of these countries mm. do not actually practice Marxism and socialism as a way that. I, in, in the sense, as, as far as I know, in the sense that, that Marx laid out communism, there is no country that has practiced it as Nobody that has. yet. No and I don't think that necessarily. Successful. And no country will be. <clears throat> well, as the thing is, it's. As he put it in, 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 in his terms, as, as my understanding goes, like I'm not super well-educated with this. We're kind of all over the place tonight, but this is. This is fun. I, I don't think it would ever work the way he laid it out. I, I would agree with that. I think that like any good political system, locking yourself into only one label and one way of doing things is bad. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think socialism is necessarily a perfect system. No. Nor do I think communism Fuck. is a perfect system, nor do I think capitalism is a perfect no, system. No, but of the systems, of the three, which one do you want to live in? Ooh, that's a hard question. See, I, li- I, I am under the firm, gra- like I, I'm a, I'm, a so, I'm a capitalist to the core. If I had to pick a system, it would be a socialist republic. So a la most Scandinavian uh, countries. Yeah, but they're still capitalist. Yeah, and that's where socialist republics. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's the right term. No, it's not because there's still there. There is still capitalism they, they, involved. Their foundation is on on private uh, private uh, business, like yes. oil companies and all that. They make their money. They pay taxes, and that money is distributed to the rest of the. Well, that's police. just it. They have the like they they have the top end of capitalism in the sense of how the money is made. Yeah, but then how the money is distributed is much more socialist. In its workings, in the sense that there's a lot more social services. But the foundation is capitalism. Yeah, and that's where... So, so socialism cannot cannot thrive on a socialist foundation. Pure socialism, o- you're right. Yes, it can only thrive if there's a capitalized, capitalist foundation. Right, and and that's where, again, capitalism also is, is, is its own problem. Because, like, in the same sense that I think that socialism is 
Why is can't function. Pro- why is capitalism a problem? It, well, free market capitalism is a problem. How so? Capitalism, I think, is okay. Free no, market fr- capitalism? Free, yeah, free market. Oh. Why is it a problem? Uh, because you inevitably end up almost in an inverse sense in how we've seen communism work, in my mind at least. Not communism as Marx wanted it, but communism as it functions. Yeah. Um, you end up with a similar problem just from the opposite end of you have a very small number of people with an excessive amount of power. So, so, so communism. Yeah. That's you're just, what you're communism just, does. Well, yeah, communism and, does the same thing. And, and free market capitalism is getting to the same result from a different angle because yes. you have a very small percentage of people that have an uh, uh, influence, not power. Influence. I think that's they go the hand difference. In hand. No, they don't. Because uh, communism says that, okay, this small group of people knows how the country should be run. Look at China, look at uh, uh, Italy, and look at Russia. These people's China, they said, hey, uh, Maoist China, need mm-hmm. to be more accurate, of course. Yes. They were like, oh, the problem that you're starving is the fact that the birds are picking your flocks. Kill the birds. So they would literally bang pots and pans to keep the birds from landing, and eventually they just die. Well, what happens next? The bugs come up and eat all the crops, and so all the crops mm-hmm. are dying anyways because the birds aren't killing the bugs. Yeah. And so there's this idea of, oh, these people know better than I do. Mm-hmm. So it's people who don't know anything controlling everything. Yeah, and no, I don't like that. Which happens in socialism and communism more, more than anything else. See, that is where you get incompetent people running and, things. And this is where I think that the hybrid... A hybrid of these systems is is best because when you have free market capitalism like we have, mm-hmm. well, like America has, less so Canada, but yeah. eh, pretty close. Yeah. We're we're leaning more socialist, but still uh, free market capitalism. A little more than I'd like personally. But yeah. <laughs> Either way, though, you have a small handful of people that get to make decisions. The difference is that rather than doing it from a quote unquote elected position, mm-hmm. um, they just do it with money. Yep. Just because they have a, an, an obscene amount of power and money that they have the influence that comes with it. Yeah. In how many, like, I don't know if there is a politician in the States that isn't bought and paid for. Yes. By some and, corporation somewhere. And I had a friend actually make the argument of I wish that in Canada, if you get a vote, you get, I think at, what, at the time it was $2. Mm-hmm. So for every single vote, you get paid. And so this guy's like, man, I don't like that. I'm like... How would you like them to get paid? Would you prefer that they get paid from lobbyists? Oh, no, and I know he, exactly how they should get paid. That's, how, how do you think they should get paid? Salary. Yeah. Locked in. Oh, you really? You flat, and slightly, low. slightly above minimum wage. <laughs> that's it. Every politician, you are only in that job because you want the job, I like not what because Iceland, it pays well. I am a fan of Iceland. What are they doing? I know, they are the... Um, you get recommended, and if you fuck the country, you go to jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a fan of that. Yeah. Make there be consequences you, for screwing I'm, I'm up. I'm not saying that, but the problem with the problem I see there more than anything is the fact that the next guy in line, whoever you're going against, would be like, well, they went against the system, so they're going to imprison whoever their opponent is afterwards. That's, but I think that's more of an American problem right now. Yeah. But at the same time, if you can look at a politician, look at the stuff they've done, even if you don't like them, be like, hey, they didn't really fuck us. They might have made a boatload of money off of it because of the stuff they put in place, but they brought the entire country up with them. I think that can be a good thing. I don't care how much a politician makes as long as he's doing good things. If he makes money off of doing good things, fucking and, and have this, at her. This might be the cynical side of me. I don't think, I don't think that. As a, as a rule, maybe there are exceptions. I haven't seen any yet in politics. Yeah. Um, as a rule, I think that if they're doing a quote unquote good thing, it's only because it was profitable. 
not because it's really a good thing. It's yeah. because it either got them the most votes or it got them the most money in pocket. Yeah, like Kamala Harris with it. actually trying to keep prisoners in, uh, as destitute labor. I don't know anything fight. about it, but you sure. You don't know about that? Oh, Kamala Harris. She I would mean, actually I'd... keep people in prison longer so they could be borderline slave labor for the mm. prison systems in order for them to fight fires. Oh, yeah, like the, the prison industrial complex. And yeah, that. and she would like put incentives f- to keep these people in prison longer. Mm-hmm. Like she would keep people like really minor shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. I mean, that's why I don't like, co- I, get, I don't like cops for the best of times. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, uh, most, most ways that, most. that Western law enforcement functions. Yeah. I think that law enforcement is necessary. I just think that they have way too much power and influence. Again, yeah, having too much power centralized in one organization is bad. Yeah. No. Bad. But at the same time, when you got people who run the country, not run, when you've got people who run the country that are looking for better ways to run the company country, they're going to talk to the most profitable people, the people that make the most money and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, what are you guys doing? How can we help? Because when you do well, you pay more taxes and we do well. Yeah. And I don't like that because we, as the, as the, the bottom of the rung, as the blue collar people. But what's to stop us from investing in those companies? I mean, a lack of money. I mean, the, 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 the way capitalism works is by having a working class that can barely afford to survive. It, no, it, it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. No, it communism does. is the way that works. Because look at China. They both work that why, way. Why do we have such affordable goods from China? Because they can pay it, next to nothing. Places like Amazon wouldn't exist. These, these biggest corporations in the world wouldn't exist if they didn't have an expendable, dirt yeah. cheap labor force yes. to oppress. Yeah. But that's the thing. They have a, these, everyone who goes to Amazon has a choice. Everyone thinks, oh, they can pay minimum or they don't have minimum wage. They could pay you nothing. It's like, yeah, they could, but you can choose not to work there. M- many people don't have that choice. They just yeah, have they to do. work. No, they have to work. Yeah, they, no, they do have to work. I agree. But you can choose where you go to work. You can say, no, there's, 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 there's a guys. limited number of jobs that you can go to. Yeah. And when you're looking no, at places like right Amazon. Now. Not right now. Well, right now, but in certain places, like where Amazon builds its factories, like yeah. it's it's an intentional thing by Amazon to put a factory in a place that doesn't have a ton of other jobs because yeah. then they become the linchpin because then, it's, then the, the, the county or town or city that they put this factory in yeah. can't get rid of them. So the people that are in that town don't have a choice. It's it's basically the new version of a logging town or a coal town yep. where the person who runs the coal mine owns the town. Yeah. That's what Amazon does. And so they can keep the, it's, it's intentional yeah. and they can only make that, they, they can only make a company like Amazon work the way that Amazon works by doing that. Like it necessitates a, 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 um, so I'm looking for uh, an oppressed working class. Yeah. It's, it's mandatory. But there's always upper mobility for every single person that goes into. Something. No, there isn't. Yes, though. there is. No, there's a limit. You you only can allow so many through. There's only enough positions that go up the pyramid. The pyramid yeah. goes like a pyramid. Yeah, but they always. But if there's a filtering process. The people that are working their way up, they're never going to be at the top. They're never going to displace the, the the um, the head, the the owner, the CEOs. They're never yeah. going to displace them. And if you're not going to displace them, it's like, well, I've worked my way up here, but now I have uh, uh, parallel opportunities other places. So there's always upward mobility. I, I you're never you're never going to be at the bottom rung. You never stay at the bottom. And if you are, you're not trying. But no, there's only so many places. If the places above the bottom are full, there is yeah. no upward mobility. But that's the thing. There, there is. There is so much work out there right now. 
I know in America. No, no, not just here. In America, they have the largest unemployment that they've ever had. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, we have more job creation. It's like, yeah, because you fucking shut everything down and you incentivize people to not go back to work. We don't have that. Yeah, because people are finally starting to realize that going to work for these corporations is garbo. Oh, yeah, it's garbage. I'm not saying it's not garbage. I'm saying that you can choose now and and people, but the government shouldn't be displacing your workforce. See, I I think that the fixing it has to come from the other direction. So this is this is my hypothesis. Which, which direction are you talking about? From the top down. Not in the sense really? that the top is going to fix it. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to no. have to be made to fix it. No, they 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 have no incentive. Yeah, and I, I don't think that they should be given a choice. No, no, I, I don't. I think they should have a choice. They nah. should have to. They've made the choice. They have made the choice to oppress a workforce. I don't think they, yeah. I don't think they get a choice. Yeah, and let them I, fail. I already see how this is going to segue into what we were going to talk about originally. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, this, is, this, is my, this is my idea. Now, mind you, this is me, not an economist. Yeah. This is me purely looking at the situation from the bottom upwards yeah. and hypothesizing a fix. I think that we should treat it somewhat loosely, yeah. similarly to how many um, major sporting organizations have started to treat teams um, with a salary cap. Hmm. So let's say you have an Amazon mm-hmm. that makes umpteen billion dollars a year. Yeah. The people at the top of the pyramid are capped. You can only make, say, four kajillion dollars a year. But people at the top are going to be like, we don't want to give this money. We're not going to give the money away. I don't want the government. Yeah. I don't want the government to be skimming the top three bajillion money off the top. Yeah. What I want them to do is make that the incentive to the people at the top to disseminate the money downwards. You see, I agree and disagree. I mostly disagree with your premise. Which Where premise? You, your, your starting point of, uh, let's say NHL for that, for mm-hmm. the salary cap. Mm-hmm. That's the assumption. That's under the assumption that all these conglomerations are one in unison, which is terrifying, and two, uh, they have a choice. I I, I believe in freedom. I believe in your choice to pay your people as much as you can. With the NHL, I understand them doing it because otherwise New York and Toronto would win every single year. Yeah. Because they'd be like, hey, we make the most money. Toronto. That's what Detroit was doing. Detroit was, New York, Mm -hmm. fucking monsters. Yeah. Because they're sold out and nobody gives a fuck and they're still Mm -hmm. selling out. Toronto, same thing. You know, Toronto has sold out tickets for every single, like their season tickets are all sold out every single year. They're a shit team and I cheer for them. (laughs) (laughs) And knowing that, I'm like, there needs to be a salary cap for New York. (laughs) I'm just like, I think the salary cap should apply to everyone equally. But, but that's again, under the premise of every, that under a, a, um, social of a one world government of, we tell you how much you can pay your people. So I don't want to tell them how much they can pay their people, but I do want them to have an upper limit on how much they themselves can have and make. No, I agree with that. I agree. Again, agree. But uh, I also think that there's a danger to that because they can make as much money as they want. And the more money that they're capped, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. at, that means they can only pay these people they're still fucking making that money. They're making more money. They actually make more money because of the cap than they would without it. Uh, the, the owners. The owners make more money off the cap than the players do. I don't see that. Oh, how oh, so, oh, how so? oh, oh, in, how oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the case of the, in, in sports, yes. No, but the, even in society, if you're like, oh, the product is still getting made, it's still being sold, but now we're limiting how much we can pay each person. Well, no, no, no. See, who takes the home only, the rest? The fucking the thing, owner. Only, only the, the top handful of people are going to have their pay limited. Everyone else down the line yeah. is going to get paid more. They're going to have more disposable income. Who's going to force that? 
Because oh, they're going to go offshore. You'd have to do it. You'd have to do it. Then they're going to do offshore. They're going to find yeah. somebody else to do it. They're going to find. Uh, this is Swiss why it's a very big accounts. problem. That is why it's a big problem. Yeah. And the, this is why it would have to be a. And then a, why why disincentivize people in other countries that aren't going to play to your rules? They're not going to play. They're no. always going to be. A, they're going to build. They're going to make another country. I'm not surprised if you enforce these rules somewhere, some magical country out there is going to be like, oh, look, there's a new country yeah. that's been invaded by millionaires yeah. and they're not going to apply to your rules. And yeah. they're going to allow themselves and, these loopholes because they're is, smart. Millionaires this is where, are smart. This is where I want, this is where, uh, uh, not free market capitalism, but a free market is good in the sense that it allows people to purchase where they need to purchase from. And this, I think, is at least partially, if not largely, um, a, a byproduct of the, the wealth gap, Oops, yeah. excuse me, is people near the bottom are limited in what they can buy and where they can buy it. Mm -hmm. Like people at the bottom, you and I probably don't want to spend money at Walmart, but yeah. generally speaking, Walmart has cheaper groceries. I, I, I don't want to spend money at Walmart for a moralistic reason. Yeah. Fuck Walmart. <laughs> Any major chain. I would way rather go spend money at a local grocer or a farmer's yeah. market or something like that. But yeah. it costs 50% more to buy my groceries most of the yeah. time from places like that. If I had more expendable income, I would go buy local mm -hmm. way more than I do. Like, so much more. I would go to local restaurants instead of fast food chains. Yeah. Way more. And so the incentive for companies to have offshore making of crappy cheap goods yeah. would go down because we're not going to buy as much of it. Yeah. And so I, I feel like by empowering the working class, and this is where we get into some communist light stuff, by empowering the working class to have more purchasing power and allow us to dictate more of the market, because as it stands, you or I or any reasonable number of people deciding, you know, we're not going to buy from Amazon. Amazon doesn't care. E even if 1% yeah. of their purchasing power, which is a lot of people, yeah. or now, their are, customer if, base. If, if Fort St. John stopped buying, they wouldn't fucking notice. They wouldn't notice. But if the wealth is more evenly spread out amongst the populace, people like us will have more voice. We have more money to have more voice with. Yeah. So I I do think we we as individuals have a lot more power than we give ourselves credit for because you can choose as yourself to be like, hey, where am I going to, where am I going to spend the money that I do have? You, if everyone was like, okay, I'm going to be smarter with my money. I'm going to spend it locally. I'm going to really consider every single thing that I buy. Personally, I don't spend all the money that I don't have to. It really sucks. Like that beer you're having was free to me. Mm. <laughs> and the other beer that I have in the fridge was, it was my son's birthday and <laughs> we bought a 12, uh, 20, no, 15 pack. Mm even though we probably shouldn't have. Hmm. Like, I'm not spending unnecessarily at this time. Mm -hmm. And people, if they were as thoughtful with the way that they spend, yeah, maybe maybe we can make the world a better place. But there's too many late, there's too much incentive because people can buy bulk with Amazon, with Costco, with these places. And they can't afford not to. Yeah. They, they are making choices and they just have to do it. And when I can, what do I do? I buy good bourbon. When mm. I can, I'm going to buy the better motorcycle. I'm mm -hmm. going to spend money on better products down the line. But n until then, I'm going to do what I have to to survive. And yeah. And, and this is why I just, if we, if we curtailed, 
if we, I'm trying to remember the stats now. I don't remember the statistics. So I'm going to ballpark this very heavily. So mm-hmm. please don't quote me on these numbers. But if we took half, just half yep. of the uh, uh, the income of the top 1%. No, fuck that. No. Ah, fuck them. They don't need it. No, no. I'm saying fuck that. That now I don't like the top 1%. I do not. It is the 80-20 rule to the nth degree. It is, uh, it's not fair. Cool. I'm not saying it's fair. Cool. I'm not saying the, the top 1%. I just don't like it because it gives too much an excuse to be like, ah, they, they got there for a reason. Uh, yeah, but they I think the reason is early. shit. Oh yeah, it might I, be I shit. I think they're shit people who do shit things then to get to the 1%. Then it won't last. And then it won't last. The turnover of millionaires and billionaires during the COVID stuff really shrunk. They were like, oh, everyone's a millionaire. Well, guess what? After COVID, they were like, oh, we're we're starving. Yeah. Business were failing because they were propped up on nothing. But that cre- like that tippy tip, yeah. tippy tip 1%, they we're, didn't care. No. They're still fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why I aim at them. I don't aim at the top I, 20%. No, fuck them. They're fine. No, I don't think they're fine. I they, don't think they should exist. No, they shouldn't, as, but as they do. As that 1%. They're always going to. This is why I think we have to make them not. No. <laughs> no, I disagree. This is this is where I get into the more socialist aspect, where I think that it, I think that they should legally just not be then allowed a, to have then, it. Then put a hit out on them. Like that's, I don't, no, 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 I don't want to kill them. I just want to no, then, make it so the, they can't be that rich. No, they're always going to be. There's always going to be somebody. The the Rothschilds, the the whatever the, the Bilderbergs and all that stuff. They're always going to exist. I if think, not them, somebody else. See, and I think that they exist because we let them. No, no. I, they exist because they do. They started early. I, I don't care when they started. I mean, I look at I look at back at uh, at uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt with mm-hmm. railways and oil companies. Mm-hmm. The government had because there were a small group of people that controlled basically the country, and yeah. so the government stepped in and just forcibly broke them into pieces. Yep. Let them all compete against each other. Yeah, but they improved it. More or less, fought against each other. Yeah. Did they actually? No. It was most just, of them did. Not they, all. They, subs- they they created shell companies more than See, anything this else. Thing. They didn't then a lot. They would now. Yeah. Because back then they didn't have the ability to communicate like we do now. Yeah. With, you know, instant email and money transfers and all this stuff into the Cayman Islands and all this jazz. Yeah. So it would be a very different pig to fuck. Yeah. But I, I don't see a way around it because they're never going to willingly step down from being no. at 1%. They're never no. going to voluntarily do it. And I don't think they should have to because oh. they're still providing services and no. products. Yes, I don't they think are. they are. Not, not, they're, not, they're not, not, protect, they're, not equivalent. A uh, great example is Summer J. Did you know their oil and gas division is one of their smallest divisions? They're a company out of France. Mm-hmm. They are fucking huge. Oh, yeah. And their oil and gas, which is huge, mm-hmm. is one of their smallest divisions. Mm-hmm. Why, yeah. why should they? They're, they are providing a service. They are providing a product. They, they can still running. provide it. What, but but why, why should we cap what they make? They're because doing, nobody needs to have that nobody, much money. Of course not. Nobody, you don't need freedom. Mm, I think that freedom could be argued to be a human right. Being, I don't think. But but who who's to determine what you need? What if what if what if you somebody a rich person determined that you don't need freedom? Well, I mean, all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess I don't. We can debate well, you that. De- yeah, but we can. De- I'm debating. But that, that can be I'm discussed. I'm debating on their behalf of there is always going to be a one percent. Always do and forever, I, and do we? Do they need it? No, of course not. I don't need a firearm. I don't need a boat. I don't need a motorcycle. No, I don't want my motorcycle taken away because I don't fucking need it. Well, I kind of need the transportation, but, yeah, but I don't need 
This the, is true. The risk. Absolutely true. But like the but amount not, that you don't need, if I weigh that you, you don't need a motorcycle, having a motorcycle, sure, it's a luxury minus the getting to work part. Yeah. And I think that people should be allowed to have those things. I'm not saying people can't have things they don't need, but I'm saying that the amount of influence and power that a person who has money that numbers in the billions has yeah, but. is so astronomically out of whack. Like that, that scale doesn't even exist to scale anymore. Yeah, but th that's just assuming that they're creating a pool of money to swim oh, in. Oh, no, they're like not. Scrooge they're not. No, they're investing it into other things. Some of them they're, are. No, they have to. What are they going to do with it? Hide it in the Cayman guess, Islands. Why? For because what? they have it. I mean, I'm not saying no. that all of Jeff Bezos' no. money is hiding in the, the Cayman Islands. The best but. way to make money is to make money work. So mm -hmm. they're putting that money into other things. I'm not saying it's not sitting in a pool. You see, I don't it's want doing something. I don't want that few people in the same sense that I don't want one dictator or one king or, or one, one person. You, you don't want the ESG kind of bull. I don't, the thing is, yeah. I don't want the, the, the these. Uh, what are they fucking called? The uh, the economists? No, World Economic Forum. I don't want them deciding anything at all. Agreed. I don't want the World Economic Society group people. Fuck those people. I don't want them doing that. But they make nothing. But it's not sitting there. These people are actually these one percent are doing something with their money because if it's not growing, it's sitting, and sitting is not growing. They're smart with their money, so they're investing it and they're putting it into other see, things. I don't 100% buy the smart with the money thing. I mean, seeing I Elon agree. Musk and Zuckerberg recently, yeah. living proof that just because you have billions doesn't mean you're good with money. Are you looking forward to that cage fight? Oh, I... That, <laughs> Who, who's I'm your money on? I'm going to pirate the shit out of that fight. Well, my money's on Zuckerberg, hands down. Yo, yeah, he's... No, hands he's, down. He's... he's, he's I'm built like Mark Zuckerberg, so I'm half cheering for him. Who do I want to win? I want Mark Zuckerberg to win. Yep. He's a South African. He's he's a minority. And <laughs> Wait, Zuckerberg or Musk? No, sorry, Musk. I want oh. the South African. I want oh, the minority no. to see, win. I just want to see Musk's face get punched in repeatedly. I like Musk. Oh, I, I am think a he's a fan. Pardon, pardon my um. Why expletive. do you say things? I think Musk is a cunt. Like, you can think really. he's a cunt. Fuck it. Like, Who cares? I, actually, you know what? I take that back. Again, I think I do this every time I'm on. I take back calling him a cunt. <laughs> he lacks the depth or the warmth. Yeah. I think that he is you he is the poster child for a useless. Do you know how many messages I got about the first time you said that? Did I? Did you really? Oh, uh, yeah. They were like, that was fucking hilarious. Good. It's my calling card now, I guess. I, I no, think that I, he is I like him. one of the most useless no, billionaires on the planet. I disagree. He's oh. willing to put. He, he's willing to lose money so that other people has freedom. No, he didn't give them freedom though. He yes, didn't he give did. Them shit. Who, who, who is being censored by him? He's like Trump. So many people back. are being censored on Twitter. It hasn't changed. All that changed is who's being censored, but the censorship is still there. He himself literally goes out of his way to ban people that annoy him. Like it is not a haven of free speech. Bullshit. I, with that being said. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. I think oh, it's yeah, a complete am waste I. of time. I do not go. I, I treat Twitter like a sideshow, but no, I don't, free I'm speech not even... on social media is long gone. It is kaput. No, no, it's, I, I, I no. disagree. I could go on there and say some heinous shit. And, and you might get away with it, but only because on you both just got sides. lucky. No, I got, I can get away with it on both sides. I yeah. can, I could say, um, the, the trans women are women and I could also say, uh, fuck faggots. I could say both you of those the at the simultaneously. You can put those into YouTube and you could get banned equally on either one just because you have the word trans in the title. Yeah. The algorithm doesn't give a shit. Yeah. 
Twitter, the only difference is now they have less power to moderate because they have less employees Good. making the moderation happen. Good. Well, it just means that the site's they, falling they apart. Were, they were completely over, they were overstaffed to start with. I mean, they were, they were unprofitable for sure, but they oh, had they to were, have the staff. They were, yeah, they were already losing money. Everyone's oh, yeah. like, oh, they're losing money because of Musk. No, they were already, oh, yeah, absolutely. they were already hemorrhaging funds. They were making absolutely. nothing. Musk is just Everyone, aiding in the tailspin. Oh yeah. But he, but at least, at least they're not banning people for jokes. Uh, see, I, I mean, yeah, sure. They're not banning people for jokes. They're banning people for criticizing their glorious leader instead, but uh, it's still, I think it's a a cheap facsimile of free speech. I, I think it's the closest thing we have. I think the closest is probably something like, something like Telegram. I'm not even. Because they just again don't police it. it it's it's a, another social media site that is basically unmoderated. Or it oh. like it's like comparing Twitch and what's the new one? Uh, Kick. Kick is the new streaming site. And the long and short of it is that they just generally don't really moderate. Good. No, see, I think that's I support, bad. I think that's, I think that's great. No. Just let people talk. No. Bad, no. no. Bad. No. If, if, if I was going to say horrible, heinous shit, wouldn't you rather me say it so you could be like, hey, fuck uh, that guy. See, it's not the saying of the horrible, heinous shit that I have a problem with because the most viewed, uh, uh most viewed content on a, a platform like kick is gambling, not gambling to you and me. It's gambling for kids. It's gambling with video games. It is, it is gamifying gambling and selling it to kids. Huh. It got it got booted off of Twitch because it became a multi million dollar business, and the company that made Kick does that. Huh. So the the prime content on Kick is gambling marketed towards children. Really, free speech is a byproduct of that. It is the poster child they put on it to make it look palatable. Is like it's free speech. We want to open up the marketplace so that we can exploit children. That is the function. Yeah, that's China's job. Fuck you, Kick. Exactly. China's doing that. How <laughs> dare you? See, that's the metric that I care about with something like Twitter. Is like, yeah, sure, they're censoring less. The trade-off being that the amount of um, juvenile adult content has skyrocketed. Skyrocketed because they don't have the staff to moderate it. They didn't have the staff to moderate it before because it was already massively problematic. And now it's just overboard. Yeah. This world, we, we live in a shit world. I really, yeah. oh yeah. Don't even get me started on how most media, like most online companies, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitch, their primary function is to fuck with the brain chemistry of children. Not children, just anybody. It's not just kids. Like, not just kids. The trick is they want, they use the exact same rule, well, not exact same rule book, but the same basic rule book. As um, cigarette companies. Yeah. Get them while they're young. Yeah. There's a reason that cigarette companies, every generation, come out with a new gimmick. Yeah. 20 years ago, menthols. Now, vapes. Get them while they're young and they'll be hooked for life. Yeah. Get kids on gambling while they're young, they'll be hooked for life. Yeah. Get them on social media while they're young, they'll be hooked for life. Yeah. That is baked into the whole concept. Well, it's, 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 um, this is why it's a neurological market is yes. what it is. It this is, is why getting I your attention. This is why I hate people like, well, not hate, hate is a very strong word. I don't hate them personally. I hate what they've done. Yeah. This is why I dislike and hate people like Zuckerberg, Bezos, because their companies, same as that, are built on the idea of exploiting brain chemistry. I and think it is an exploitative business. Bezos. More, no. Musk does it Amazon, more than Bezos. Excuse me. Amazon is designed so that when you search for an item, 
and click an item. This is rough. I may be oh, I may be slightly it's butchering so this. So frustrating. I'll click on one item and it's like we're going to show you a million of these, and I'm like, fuck. I I'm just curious. The whole purpose of it is to funnel you into buying something faster. Yeah. And it will intentionally try to obfuscate buying it at the best price to get you to buy it faster at a higher price and to incentivize you to buy it from an Amazon affiliate company as opposed to the company that you were originally searching for. So let's say I'm searching for a widget and I search for the widget knowing in my head is like, oh, hey, this company makes a widget. I heard they sell on Amazon. So I Google the, the widget in Amazon. Yeah. Amazon's going to bring up all these products. Now, if that company is paying granddaddy Bezos an appropriate fee, yeah. they might show up at the top of the search function. But if they don't want to pay Granddaddy Bezos the fee, Granddaddy Bezos hires another company to make a virtually identical product and put it at the top of the search bar and make it so that the buy now button is easily accessible for you to buy that one first. He makes sure that he ships it faster, makes it cheaper. Doesn't matter if the product's as good. He doesn't care. Yeah. He sold the product and he's screwing them. They're going to go out of business. So they might have the best product, the hardest working people. They might yeah. be... They might have the greatest product ever made, but Bezos is going to bastardize it and sell it under his own name. So it doesn't matter how good of an entrepreneur that that company may be made by, Bezos will crush them. Yeah, but simultaneously, that that put all the that that puts all the onus on Bezos. It's yes. saying it is Bezos' fault, not your fault for fucking clicking on it, not your brain's fault. No, there needs to be personal accountability. You need to have a little self. Not you, but, but this is it. People need we to have self-control. Yeah, but we do. We do, no, we do now. No, we do because we have the entire world of information at our fingertips at but all times. we don't times. have time to do this. Uh, no, have... no, you say you don't have time. No. People waste time. Well, absolutely people waste time. But like wasting time is a part of being human. Like you have to waste some time or your brain will literally fry itself. Yes, but you're not working 16 hours a day. We're no. not. We're not in Africa. We're not in China. We're not working 16 hour shifts before the age of 12. We no, are in right. North America where we're hyper-privileged and we take no accountability for our own actions. We have the opportunity as North Americans, as people, to work maximum 12-hour days. And when we do shop, we can be picky, but we Absolutely. choose not to because the, we're but, fucking tired. But we're letting people legally yeah. obfuscate yeah. in ways that the majority of the public, like you and me, yeah. we're, we're clued in now. Yeah. We can, when we're shopping on Amazon, we know what to look for. Yeah. That and I'm poor. <laughs> well, that and the majority, <laughs> helps. the majority of the population over the age of 30 doesn't know this. Yeah. They don't even know that you can yeah, do that. They don't even know to look for it. So it's not mm-hmm. even like. So you think there's a, a, a brain, I hate the word brainwashing, but I don't know another word, like uh, where they're actually programming. There is uh, a mental no. programming of, oh, we're going to push these products and hey, look, they're in your feed. I wouldn't go so far as a brain programming. There is definitely a programming of the content that we consume. They are choosing the order in which things will show up for us with with an algorithm. How much are you pulling off Facebook or pulling off social media? Like pulling away, I mean. Oh, oh, uh, quite a bit in most senses. Like on a personal level, a lot. I fucking hate it. I basically use Instagram for memes. And they're gold. Yeah, I don't don't post. Have you been on Reddit? Oh, I love it. Fuck it. Reddit memes are gold. Yeah. I, I don't I don't <laughs> talk to people on Reddit. I don't post to Reddit. Me neither. I don't do any of that. I, I, po- I find memes. I, I post or, angry- or pictures of boobs. That's basically it. Yeah. That's like angry what I cops? use it for. You ever look at angry cops? Mm-hmm. I, I have posted angry cops. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's what these things were made for is, is sharing a shared experience yeah. with people. But there are companies whose entire purpose is to 
as effectively as possible, coerce us into a certain channel yeah. and to obfuscate every other option. And there's no guidelines in place for them to not do that. Yeah, that's it's, fine. I think that's fine. See, I, I don't. In the same sense that I think that we have to have health restrictions on things like jewels. Because kids don't fucking know any better. Oh, the, 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 the vape yeah, shit. Sorry. There's a reason those guidelines are supposed to exist because the people that they're being marketed to don't know that it's being obfuscated. It's only now, 10 years after the fact, that the general populace is catching on that all this stuff has happened and that it is being obfuscated. Yeah. It all happened without our knowledge. We can't look for something that we don't know doesn't, don't know exists. You see, I disagree to a certain extent because I think... W- for a society that puts a, such a high value on education and knowledge, mm-hmm. as parents and as people, we defer to the government. We defer to other oh. people, and and we take no responsibility for our own actions. No, or our no, no, children's no. discussions. Where we, c- I can, I can, and I do warn my kids constantly about products trying to rob them of their money and yeah, attention. And absolutely. so we need to be, we need to raise our kids and other, educate other people and say, hey, you are being mentally manipulated into having this train of thought. You need to constantly be fighting it. Whenever somebody says something, you need to think, what are they trying to make me buy? What are they trying to get me towards? What are they pushing me to and why? But instead we're being like, oh, they're pushing it. How dare they? It's like, no, you have a choice. You do have free will. Well, this is the thing. I think that's a great, like, I think that's fantastic that you do that. Mm -hmm. That is the gold standard I would love to see set when it comes to educating children about modern marketplace. That is a secular standard. I'm not, that's not a Christian standard. That's a secular standard of raise your kids intentionally. The problem is if you're a parent who doesn't know, or if you are a child who doesn't have parents who care enough to do that. Mm -hmm. There's a huge subset of the population that is just simply not going to get this education. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason that I think things like internet literacy need to be actually included in in, in curriculum, almost Mm -hmm. like you would have social studies or learning about taxes, learning how free market capitalism is going to squeeze you for every penny it can and you have to be on guard at all times. Oh yeah. I think that that is like mandatory learning as much as almost anything else that people learn in school. Yeah. Because not everyone has... A support system, whether that's parents, family, or in, you know, educators that will teach them that. Yeah. In the same sense, like I, I apply the same kind of logic um, to a s- certain extent loosely to like sex ed. Mm-hmm. I don't like that we have to rely on educators in a school system you that shouldn't. is. <laughs> that's you shouldn't. Fucking why but I we have my to. Kids, I know I pulled my kids out of school because they were trying to do that a little, a little too fucking early. It has to be done. Like, yeah, it does. I agree. No, I agree. But the way that they were doing it, how early the, like my, my son can barely get a boner and they're trying (laughs) to teach him about this shit. I'm like, how about you calm your tits and let me be the parent. It's like, no, but you're not going to. It's like, no, I am going to do it. And And you're not, there's no opting out of that before it's too late because they've already got their hooks in. And I'm like, fuck that noise. I'm taking my kids out of the system because fuck you guys. You don't have my best interest in mind. You they, have, have, they have to, they have to cater that education to the, not the lowest common denominator, the no, earliest it's a, it's, common denominator. It's a liability thing. It goes right back to liability and it's to legalistic extent, yeah. language. And I don't trust them to do it in earnest because it's the same thing with the theocracy, uh, theocracy idea of 
culture of being like, if we would just teach the Bible in school, well, I don't want the Bible being taught in yeah, school. Screw because that you're Because you're getting people who don't know the Bible to teach the Bible, and I don't agree with that. And everyone's got a skewed understanding. Even myself have a skewed understanding of what the Bible says, and I'm going to go through my filter of my understanding, and I don't want some secularist teaching it. Mm. And people mm. might consider me a secularist. So I'm, I'm glad. Actually, did you hear about that in Utah, by the way? It's like a huge deal. It's it's Utah and um, Memphis is pretty tight now mm-hmm. too. There, there, I, I. Well, the the Bible actually got banned in a school in Utah. Oh, and then they got it unbanned because they appealed it. But the long and short of it is that Utah passed laws basically saying that parents can complain about books available in children's libraries Good. that have sexual or violent content. Yeah. And so one person was like, "Well, if we can't have To Kill a Mockingbird in the library." Why do we have the Bible in the library? It's yeah. got sexual and violent content in the extreme. Why would kids be allowed to see or hear that? Do you know a lot of kids that are going to be reading the Bible? <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> like I mean, I'm just saying, biased, like, but thank God. Yeah, it's it's. I I God don't intended. know any kids that are going out of their way to be like, oh man, Proverbs. Yeah, <laughs> Songs of Solomon. At the same time, I think that just about song. every kid should read To Kill a Mockingbird. Just for the record, they're no, all out there. I, to I kill do think kids can, should read books, but in their right time. I mm-hmm. don't think I don't think that Songs of Solomon to be, should be read to no grade three, four. <laughs> no, yeah, it shouldn't. Five or six, I think you should get the shit by that. Yeah, maybe okay. Grade six and up, Songs of Solomon totally release that. But I don't think that you should be banned. Some, some books are should not be read to kids. Maybe yeah, I really. don't know because they kill a mockingbird that well. I know uh, it. I know it quoted a lot. Like everyone keeps talking about it. I don't know the premise. To kill a mockingbird very loosely is the story of a young girl who is watching from her point of view her father as a lawyer defending a black man who I can't remember if he had a relationship with a white woman or if the white woman just accused him of having a relationship mm. with her. And so he was going through the like he was going to get sent to jail for that. And her yeah. father is the one trying to defend him. She success or he successfully defended him and he got lynched anyways. But it's viewing that whole racial incident through the lens of this child. And so mm-hmm. it's a book about a very serious topic, but from a child's perspective and in a way that a child could theoretically connect to. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know what age is exactly. It, it does there, have some harrowing content. I think there content. should be some age limiting like this. The yeah. same that we the same way we put an age limitation on Hustler. We should yeah. put on other books. Like uh, there was a book written, uh, read to me in grade seven, eight. I think it was uh, Chocolate Chocolate Wars. I don't know. It was pretty hard, heinous. Um, and there was other books that we read in high school that I'm like, oh, that's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, simultaneously, should it be read to me in grade mm-hmm. four or five? No. It's so weird. But I, I'm not going out of my way to look for that. Yeah. It, it's such a hard thing because it's so subjective. I mean, I read um, In My Enemy's House, which is the story of Cory Ten Boom. Uh, she was a, a, I believe she was a Polish Jew during um, World War II. Mm-hmm. And it's her story of, of escaping Poland under Nazi occupation. Horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. And I read that at like, I think I was maybe 11. Ten that's or eleven. Good, that's a good age. I feel like it hit it in the head because that was that was my first real introduction to the horrors of war. Well, the evil, right? The yeah. evil of humanity. Yeah, what what people are capable of, and it stuck with me because it was such. A, it was written in a way that was digestible as a child, but about very adult topics, and I think yeah. that was very formative. Where I um, think again, the books in the right time at the right place. Yeah, but kids I, kids don't need porn. They don't need 
horrible, like severely graphic stuff. You want that seventeen plus? I don't know, maybe sixteen yeah. if you're in the right culture. I see. I think I'm I'm more in the camp of we can teach them how sex works about the same time their sexual organs start hitting maturity because at that point it's a gambit as to when they're actually going to try to use them. Yeah, but the, when and you I'd try and put educated, a number on it. Boys, it's hard. Boys mature later than girls, and they reach their sexual peak. And if you put too much, too much in front of them too early, they're going to become curious too quickly and too hard. See, we say that. No, I do, I do say that because I'm a horny fucker as a kid. Well, this is the thing. I think that's <laughs> anecdotal because, like, statistically speaking, less kids are having sex as sexual education increases and porn availability increases not just oh, yeah. sexual increase. oh yeah don't don't porn is its don't, own thing every everyone tries to displace this oh sexual education is increasing no porn is increasing that too so they're not actually the what's the 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 the, the brain shit the chemicals in your head pheromone no dopamine dopamine the dopamine kicks are happening far earlier and far more they're becoming desensitized because like, oh if i want to learn about sex i just go on the internet because every and, fucking kid well, has an iPad. And, and this is why careful. I think that having a proper education in it earlier. And active parents, I think. More and active anything. parents. Ideally, yes. Ideally, active parents are the best case scenario. Like oh, yeah. Active and, and educated engaged. and engaged, engaged parents yeah. are the prime, but that's just not realistic. Why? Because you're a divorce I rate of like 50% and who knows if both parents are active and involved uh, and expecting that, a single, yeah, the divorce rate. In it's both, horrible and it sucks. And I, I mean, just, it's been like that want, for decades now. I know, but I want better people. I mean, I it'd really be great. Do. I, I I want, engage with your children, honor your, even if you're, Actually, even if you're exes and you're separated, honor the person that you were with. Like, like you could. In a perfect world, yes. I'm not trying to endorse uh, divorce because I don't believe, I don't think it should be an option going into marriage. But if it does happen, honor your spouse. It'll do Ooh, mountains for your children. That's that's a spicy one because any world where divorce doesn't exist is a world I don't want to get married in. Everyone should have no, the option no, to get you, out. Only in extreme certain. What's the word extreme? Extreme is an extenuous term. If in the the terms of you can't make it work, one person is not willing to do anything at all to change to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, there says okay. You're not willing to try Irre- irreconcilable differences. Yeah, but so I don't think it should be necessary. I don't think it should be I, necessary. Does it happen? Yes. I, I don't would go think so far as miserable forever. Yeah, I would go so far as to say that mandatory couples counseling should happen before divorce. You know, what's I'll really go about funny. as far as that. I say all this, forgetting that you, <laughs> you've gone through the gambit. Yeah, that's and okay. I, I'm trying to be earnest while simultaneously. <laughs> I, I, it's the worst thing. I. I think it sucks. Yeah, I mean, I wish, but I'm glad you never had kids, right? No, no kids. I I think that would make it far worse, oh, infinitely and harder, infinitely I, so. So praise God you didn't have. Kids. <laughs> I don't. I won't praise him for <laughs> it. But sounds yeah. weird to say. Praise no, God you didn't. But I'm, at the same I'm very time, grateful that I didn't. Not having kids brought into the mix. You're not. Yeah, you. I don't agree with it. Well, simultaneously, you're not dragging anybody else through. You're the mud that you're going through. That's it. Yes. And I think it's the best way I can put it. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. And I don't take any offense to it. It's, I'm I, not, I think you, you're, you know, my heart when I say this yeah, is yeah. Oh, I yeah. don't want that for anybody. Oh, See, this is, this is why I really want, I really want to have a talk with you and Devin about apologetics because things like that. Yeah. I know so many people, so many non-theistic people that take things like that or like my sister messaged me the morning. I was like, Hey, Will, what do you want me to pray for you? 
Like I want, I feel like I should pray for you. Do you want yeah. to? There's a little piece of my brain that understands why some people will be like, don't pray for me. I've told you, I don't think he exists. I think that is a stupid <laughs> idea. I mean, I haven't actually said it like this to her, but yeah, like, yeah. I, I think that the idea of a God is not only not true, but possibly like destructive. I, I don't like it. So yeah. why would you ask me something like that? But yeah. at the same time, look at her heart. Exactly. What, she like the, yeah. what she's, what she's doing is she's doing something that to her is very intimate and powerful and effective, yeah. even though I think that it is not, I doesn't agree. matter. I agree with, I'm on her side on this yeah. one. <laughs> her intention is great. Yeah. And I am humbled by that. Like I am honored that she would think of that. Like that yeah. is, that is so sweet. Like that is wonderful. Yeah. She's thinking of you in this moment of, I need to pray for my brother. And I think he needs yeah. to be, know that he's been thought of and prayed for. Exactly. And that I'm not thinking of him on this realm, but the next exactly. one. Exactly. I'm uh, so happy and humble. Heart. So I told her no, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say just no. I was like, I don't like Thank the idea you. of being prayed for. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm super honored and humbled. Um, but please don't. Like, if you're going to pray for somebody. What's her name? Allison. Allison, don't stop. <laughs> no, please, please, please do. But if you're going to pray, I don't want to stop you from doing that. Pray yeah. for somebody else who may get more out of it than pray I am. Pray for Will. Please don't. That is <laughs> super uh, awkward and it is a awkward, waste of your time. But, uh, it's because I love you and I but want the best for you. And <laughs> this, we, we really need to have Devin in here and do a bit on apologetics. Because I got, I got so much stuff to talk about that I can't talk about because I have yeah. nobody in my circle that That's right. gives a shit. <laughs> I, I care, but in the worst possible way. <laughs> oh yeah. No, there's so much stuff I want to talk but about. But yeah, no, Devin, I, I can't wait to have him back on. I'm back you, in here. Uh, he'll be listening. He's mm -hmm. on vacation and he will be listening on the way home. <laughs> so we never got to talking about deep water. We, we, I, I talked a little bit about, you know, fuck billionaires, but mm -hmm. not in this case. Oh shit! We're we're an hour. We got another half. We, we give bit, ourselves yeah. a half hour. We can give All right, uh, let's do a transition. Your sister was praying for you yep. or wanting to, and you said nay, 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 nay. Well, simultaneously, I'm saying yes. So, uh, was there somewhere else you were going with that? Uh, nope, that's pretty much it. That was that was just me waxing about how I really would love to talk more about apologetics, but I don't want right. to go down that rabbit hole tonight. Oh no, no, no! This is great because it gives ammo for people to be like. Wait, what do you want to talk about? And then later, yeah, it's a hook. I've been so many hooks lately, like the the Harley Davidson one. We're mm -hmm. like, oh, find out why we fucking hate this whole thing, mm -hmm. and we gave a hook on the Instagram. And then I shaved my beard, and everyone's like, why did you shave? And I was like, you got to listen to the next one. <laughs> it's all for the art, baby. And I fucking, I feel dirty. <laughs> I do every <laughs> single time. I feel dirty for doing this Instagram social media uh, bullshit. As long as you have a payoff, I think it's okay. Yeah. As, as long as long as you're not overselling it too. Like if you're uh, overselling the payoff, that's you're, pretty scuzzy. You're not seeing me post a whole lot of stuff. I'll do a little bit for a little stint, and then I'll stop because I fucking hate so. I, mean, I hate social know. media. If it's, I ever had anything that needed social media, I would hire somebody else to do it. I will pay some college student interns. Yeah. You don't got to pay them shit. <laughs> I do not believe in free labor, but. <laughs> I do. You can yeah. experience when you come to the Blue Fuck Collar Philosophers. We'll Fuck pay that. you in alcohol. Same comes to art. I don't expect free art from anyone. I have no, a buddy, I have a buddy I, who's making me a logo for my knives and I refuse to let him I do half, it without paying him. I half agree. I half agree because if, let's say hypothetically he's doing really well and he's like, no, I want to do this for free. I won't let him. Good. Pay him $5. What it, I, will, I am a. I pay him what I think market what, value would be. The guy who made our intro beautiful, great. Mm -hmm. All he asks is that 
We didn't even ask. I said, hey, we will market the shit, which is Kirk uh, <laughs> Kirk the Riffer Wells at Liquid State Audio. He is a guitarist, producer, and mixing engineer. We plug his shit. Mm-hmm. We're like, you want a great intro? Talk to this guy. You yeah. like the sound of that? You talk to that guy. That's what we do. Yeah. If you want us to promote you, we promote you. But at the same time, we're making nothing. Mm-hmm. If we were making something off people, mm-hmm. he'd, he'd be getting paid off every single time we run that intro. Yeah. But we're making nothing, so we do what we can. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this knife thing that you're talking about. If if you can, great. But if you're like, hey, man, I mean, <laughs> I'll promote you. You promote me. I'm not making knives yet, so I I, yeah. I can't even say that I would do that. But I, I just I refuse to let him give me artwork without, without paying for it first. Yeah, I, I have well, to pay for it once he gives me the artwork. Because, but yeah. Um, some art is not worth buying. Well, simultaneously, no, true. the art that I want, I can't afford. True, it's but I mean, really like, if, sucks. if it's art that I'm utilizing, yeah, I'll pay for it. If, if it's yeah. art that just exists and I think that's crappy art, why would I buy it anyways? Yeah, but the art that I really want and the number that's on it, I know I'm like, oh, I love that <laughs> art and I can't afford it. Well, simultaneously, the art that I that I could afford, I don't want because mm-hmm. art is beautiful and does matter. And I don't, I don't like government subsidized art. So this yeah. Is me. Uh, there's an entire podcast on that if you want to check our post. Shit. All right. Um, <laughs> before we transition, do you know the beer? No, I'm good. Drink? I'm good. You're I got, I got to drive home, so I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Cool. So submarines. Yes, submersibles. Actually, submersibles. Get your shit together, Mike. Jesus. <laughs> Jeez, bot. Like fuck, man. In the news, there was a submarine that went. Down because it may or may not have a Logitech controller. <laughs> you might have heard about it in the news. You might have heard about it fucking everywhere. Oh my god, I have I have so many feelings about it because like, okay, I I, I want to understand your feelings because like, I I assume, okay. I assume your feelings. So, okay. First, I'll connect the dots to previous conversations about billionaires. I have no, if, if it wasn't apparent, I have no love <laughs> lost for billionaires whatsoever or the mega rich. Gasp shock. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I have seen way too many people, uh, like very progressive people in my own circles. I don't, I don't quite want to say celebrating their death, yeah. but they're like riding that line yeah. real hard. Like oh, yeah. They're really, really both sides. that line. Both sides, both horrible. Yeah. And I, I hate that. I don't like that. Like, yes, I think that they're, I think that as, as, as people to be billionaires, they probably had to do things that I would find morally reprehensible. And so I kind of don't like them by proxy. Mm-hmm. They're still people. And even if, even if they're bad people, yeah, they have families. Yeah wives, mothers, sons, husbands, whatever, that are going through the grieving process now. So I wouldn't, I don't, I don't, I'm not happy that anyone died. I don't want, I don't want death to ever be a goal. No matter how much I might hate Jeff Bezos and his, what mm-hmm. he stands for. I don't want him to die. I just want him to have less money. Yeah. So I, I think of the, the death of these people as an unmitigated tragedy. I find there to be a lot of irony <laughs> in, in the fact that from the, from, from our current view what we know so far what we th- we think we know so far yeah that the reason that it failed is because the company that made the sub uh they made a lot of mistakes yeah they cut corners everywhere that, to on, save money that, that's on uh, i, I want to talk about that shit you just yeah. keep going on your moral so side. They, they they cut costs <laughs> everywhere and that was the downfall of, oh, of the submersible not not just cutting money the mm. moral the um the the social uh posturing yeah yeah 
that was fucking horrible. Yeah, I'm it was crazy. Sorry, but you keep going on the mural one. I want to bring up the social shit yeah. soon. So yeah, so I, I think the irony of that is not lost on me. And where there is irony like that, there is humor to be to be garnered. At the same time, like it's always one of those things where when a tragedy happens indefinitely, shortly after the tragedy, you have people asking too soon as they make jokes. Usually I'm totally okay with that because like I, I generally enjoy me some gallows humor. I like it. I like it a lot. But when we're making memes and jokes about the tragedy while it's still happening, yeah, that's a little much. And it's had me, it's made me kind of retroactively go back. Like when I think of the divers in, in Malaysia or whatever that were, or yeah, not divers, the, but the, the miners the kids, that were trapped. Uh, we were memeing on that as it happened. And now I'm kind of looking back and I'm like, man, I really am not comfy with that either in retrospect. Yeah. I didn't really notice it then, but I'm noticing it now. And I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not jiving with that. Like I, I, it doesn't. I feel dirty every time I chuckle at it because a meme, a meme can be funny in its structure and and, its form. And the submersible memes have been hilarious. Have you read the Logitech controller reviews? Yeah. And it's funny. It's creative. (laughs) And I don't like it. You feel bad for laughing. Yeah, I feel, I do. I feel bad. Like, I'm trying to think of a comparison. I can't think of anything to compare it with. Boston Marathon? No, it's there, like, it's like, there was a comedian who tried, was going to make a joke about the Boston Marathon after the bombing that mm-hmm. happened there. And he said almost immediately after it happened, some lines were never meant to be crossed. Yeah. Which is a horrible thing to say right after a, a, a finish line bombing. Yeah. And he retracted it. Well, simultaneously, he felt bad about retracting it. He's like, oh, I just gave in to everybody. Well, simultaneously, that joke went too far. Yeah, it's like... But now it, everybody's making those jokes. Oh, yeah. It's like... I, I think that there, there has like there has to be a certain... I don't think it's even necessarily like a set locked-in amount of time after a tragedy where we can make jokes about it without having to feel overly bad. South Park talked about it already, though. Oh, probably. The, they, I mean, they had an entire bit of, yeah. oh, we can laugh at AIDS now because it's been this amount of time. <laughs> the whole joke was, we can't joke about 9-11 because it has been long enough. Mm. And then all of a sudden AIDS got joked about. It's like, oh, it's funny now. Oh, we can joke about it. Yeah. And like, uh, I think part of that is it's kind of, once you have a certain amount of time that's passed, it becomes sort of a victimless thing to, cho- to joke about it. Because yeah. like- I'm joking about in 9-11 even then, when, by that metric, there's still people who lost family members in 9-11. Yeah. Pete Davidson is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And so at a certain point, I think that they've, they've been given ample time to you know, go through the grieving process of dealing with all that, where I don't have to feel quite so bad about making or enjoying jokes about it. But like right now, the families of these people who died in the submersible are right in it. Yeah. Or the families of people at the Boston bombing would have been right in it. Yeah. I think it's right to feel bad about making a joke like that. Oh, yeah. Not to say the jokes can't be made. Yeah. But some tact would be nice. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, it feels like when I, when I laugh at one of these memes, it kind of feels like winning a race because I sabotaged all the other racers. Like I did it. I got the gold star, but I feel bad about how I got there. Yeah. So I, I did the worst thing What'd you a did? while ago. I had a buddy whose mom died mm-hmm. the night before. <laughs> yep. And... I made a joke about it the day after. Um, it's been long enough. Not really. 
while simultaneously this this really really somebody I love and I care about. Mm-hmm. I, I have to premise this so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he his mother died and we were there with him and we were go unexpectedly. That's the thing. It was a very unexpected mm-hmm. death, and um, his mom died, and we were there for him. And this guy has c- gone through the shit mm-hmm. with addiction and all these places, and just really gone through a lot of stuff. And uh, and his father, in his grieving, was looking at ways that he could, you know, do good things for his kids. Mm-hmm. And he went to his son. He's like, oh, I'd really love to get you a Harley Davidson motorcycle because they got insurance money now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'd really love to get you a Harley Davidson or something, you know, just to, you know, help you along the way. And so this guy whose mother just died was telling us about his dad having this conversation with him. And he's like, yeah, my dad said this. And I'm like, wait, your mom dies and you get a Harley? And he's like, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, I wish my mom would die. The day after, I had a guy look at me like, what the fuck did you just say and i went to that guy i'm like dude i'm sorry and it made him laugh in this moment in this moment Mm -hmm. he laughed and i'm like i'm so sorry you know i love you and i don't you know i don't mean this and i i i I surrounded him with love and be like i just wanted to make a joke to make you laugh because you've been through shit and i want to just see you smile and and he gave me a hug, and he's like, "I expect nothing less." And he was like, "It wasn't, it wasn't. I this guy can fucking hit. He's mm-hmm. got fists like a cannon, <laughs> and I know it because I felt half of one. And I'm like, oh, this guy can smoke.' And, it, and he gave me a hug, and he's like, "I expect nothing less." And this other guy, he was like, "Oh, I'm surprised he didn't get hit." I'm like, "I wouldn't make this joke <laughs> if I didn't love this person. Would I make that joke?" Publicly and be like, oh, no. my father fucking died. No. no, it was a a, a a a joke made in love. Yeah, but it wasn't made on the fucking there's, internet. <laughs> there's a there's a comedian, um, Daniel Sloss, who makes it, who talks about a, a situation very similar to that where one of his friends, I think their their dad passed away or something, and who he ordered them pizza, and this was at the time mm. when Coca Cola bottles had to like share yes. a coke with. That's and the same guy who made the uh, the some lines are not meant to cross joke. I know yes. it was. Oh, yeah, 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 it is Daniel Sloss. <laughs> yes. So fucking funny. He's great. He's fantastic because he does a really good job of not only crossing that line in a funny way, but addressing it. Yeah. Like he, he, he engages with it. And that is yeah. such an important thing. Like Very that's tasteful. Yeah. That's something that I used to love Chappelle for because most of the time when he crossed lines. Still fucking love Chappelle. Well, this is the thing. He went and he did things. He made jokes that he didn't engage with the same way. A la some of the jokes that he made in his last special you, about uh, trans are, people. Are you sure they didn't get edited out? I saw the special before the controversy happened. I, I was like chomping at the bit for that special because I loved the one right before it, that. It was, I, I still think it was very funny. I still oh, think he did it very well. Oh, the special apart from that part was funny. It was great. Yeah. Because normally when he does talk about a really hairy topic, he does engage with it. Yeah. But what do you that want him to do? Didn't. Break down and crying before telling the joke? No, 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 no. It's a matter of, um, it's a matter of a understanding and comprehension of the line they're crossing. So it doesn't feel cheap. Like it doesn't feel like it's being utilized expressly for shock value. I don't think it was used cheaply. This is the thing with, I don't want to get bogged down too much with Chappelle. The, the way he used language about it so cavalierly showed that he had a lack of understanding with the thing that he was trying to engage with and saying that he was engaging with and he wasn't engaging with it properly. All right, really quick before we do um, 
move on to the Daniel guy. Yeah. Uh, with Dave Chappelle, I do think he did for a long time. Well, simultaneously, these are jokes that they've rehearsed and tried to perfect with timing, and mm-hmm. they have polished them to the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. I think maybe his polishing in that has lost the sincerity, uh, sincerity relational yeah. approach where it may not have been put in the... I want to speak in good light of him because mm-hmm. I really do think that he earnestly did process it. And, yeah, I don't want. I don't do want this well. to be like a denigration of all of Chappelle's work. I think that the majority of Chappelle's work it's is really, really gold. good. So he had a misstep. What'll he do next is more what I'm waiting for. Like, where does he go from here? I'm excited. Yeah, some great stuff. But Daniel Sloss mm-hmm. crosses lines all the time, mm-hmm. but he does it with such a level of of tact and understanding. Like talking about, I don't know if you've seen his special he has where he talks about his uh, his disabled sister. No. Well, maybe, but I, so I, I he had a sister so with, with severe, severe cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. So she was like developmentally challenged and all these things. But he makes jokes about her and he talks about it in the special. He's like, I'm going to make jokes about her. And some of you are going to be like, oh, you can't do that. And he's like, who are you offended for? Because she thought they were funny. Yeah. I think they're funny. I'm her brother. My parents think they're funny. Yeah. Like that is how we deal as a family. And so we like it. Yeah. That's how we, we, we manage. So I can make these jokes and I don't have to feel bad about it. If you feel bad, that's on you. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Did, so okay. It's great. Okay. With that, did you see, um, what the fuck is his name? Bill Burr's Paper I Tiger? I haven't seen it actually. Oh, fucking I mean, cool. I like Bill Burr as a rule. Paper Tiger. It made my wife angry. <laughs> so you know it's funny. Any any oh time God, that I really terrible metric. <laughs> if I want to know if a joke's funny, I'll tell it to the wife, and she if she hates it, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't like that metric, but okay, I, let's go I past that. Love that metric because I'm like, oh, I got a great joke. Like, uh, for instance, ones that I don't tell her. She doesn't like the word cunt. Mm-hmm. She she finds it offensive, derogatory, and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I I won't tell her this joke. I never have twice uh why did <laughs> why did god create yeast infections oh my god i don't know because that way women know what it's like to live with an irritating cunt oh my god i would never tell that wife to, that joke to my wife twice hope she doesn't listen in she doesn't Sorry, Amanda. women don't listen uh <laughs> to this one surprisingly uh well simultaneously is it kind of funny yes it's funny to me. It's funny to a lot of the people that I talk to. Well, simultaneously, am I using it to be like, oh, fucking this? I'm like, no, I'm, it's just yeah, a I think joke. It's, it's, it's just largely context sensitive. Are you using it to relay the fact that it was a funny little bit of wordplay? That's fine. Yeah. Are you using it to denigrate somebody? That's not fine. No, and I'm not looking to hurt anybody. I'm yeah. just, it's a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, if my intent was, if I was going to make a lot of race, I make racist jokes once in a while. How dare you? <laughs> yes. How I'm dare I? offended uh, did you hear my last episode where I was talking about how I'd love to find out how black I am to say that this podcast is, let's say, hypothetically 15% owned by black people? I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that one. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. But it's, it's, it's not, it's because I'm like, no, I want to know because I don't care. Mm. I want to use that against people who do care. And I don't, I don't see, you wouldn't, hmm. I don't want to use the, my black friend, but I was hanging out with people that are not of the same ilk as me and I'm treating them the way that I want to be treated. Fucking treat everyone good. And that's, yeah. that's the way I live. And, and while well, simultaneously, I'm not looking to hurt anybody. I'm just trying to be funny. And if I make somebody laugh, I, I, I hope that it brings joy and not 
making one person uncomfortable and making somebody else laugh. I want to make two people laugh, and if it's not worth doing, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I generally agree. Treating everyone good, though, is it's subjective. I mean, yeah. good to one person won't be good to another person. And, so it's and so it's risk analysis, and I'm yeah. going to make that choice. All That's right. fair. So I realized we kind of deviated a little uh, bit from the sub shit. Still related uh, in terms of like what is allowable humor and what are we okay to joke about. With that, the the um, space between time and tra- just so a lot of people say that. Um, Tra- comedy comes from tragedy. Plus like, distance. Plus distance. The distance is closed. Yeah, they're, they're, what, what distance? What distance? But what what made that? Is it the, the relation to the Titanic? Because we, we, we relate all of this to the distance of the Titanic. We're not, we're not looking at the distance from the actual tragedy itself, but the distance from the Titanic. See, I don't... Mm, I don't know. Because they are related. You can't... They are. You can't displace the relationship. I don't know how big of a factor that is because I, I feel like this 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 should instance, be or is I don't I don't think that there is that much of a correlation because I don't think I don't think that this instance of too soon is uh I, I don't think it's um it's not isolated yeah. I, I think this is emblematic of a bigger a bigger scale mm-hmm. uh, uh, situation yeah but I don't think it's um it's an, it's an island into itself because like we've been we've been doing this regularly now for quite a while where things happen and we are cracking jokes about it online mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. This one is just bigger and more well, noticeable. B- before we even knew the the outcome. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's I mean, the thing. There's news well, corporations releasing public. Doc- the outcome was public. We, as a society, mm. the the hierarchy knew what happened beforehand, which is really frustrating, and they didn't disclose it to the rest of the population. They were pretty sure what happened. Yeah, they have they to a, confirm it yeah. before they make an announcement. But still, like God forbid, they announce that everyone's dead and then find them all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pull but a, that would be that would be a that would be a positive. Be like, oh, we were wrong. You know what? That'd be a right it, thing. It to would be, wrong be a nice about. thing to be wrong about. That would be the best way to be wrong. I don't yes. think they view it that way. They view it as like a we have to be a hundred percent certain that they're dead before we announce that they're dead. I don't know. Just fucking. I, I, anyways, anyways. At that time, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like Hindsight the, the, is twenty twenty. Yeah, so. but like the the speed at which we crack jokes, like it I mean, was. just look at the Queen's passing. Yeah, when the Queen died, that day, that day we were memeing. Yeah, but if we're on them. Of, no one should be. Hmm. At a certain extent, as I'm a, as somebody with a very elderly grandparent who <laughs> died in the last three fucking years because fucking COVID, who cares? Hmm. I, I say who cares? Because as as somebody who had a grandparent die because of COVID at an elderly age, I can say who cares. I was laughing a week later mm-hmm. because he was old. He was fucking, a breeze would have killed him. Mm. And for the queen, was anybody surprised? Oh, no. And She's I, fucking yeah. really old. And so I, it's not a perfect apples to apples comparison, but just looking at, at recent tragedies in just the last two to three years, I would say the the, the distance between well, like you say, comedy is tragedy plus distance. Yeah. That distance is shrinking very, very rapidly. I really do think it's because of the, how much shit is going on all the time. There That's is part of it. always something happening. Oh yeah. Where the, the, the distance is closing, not because of people's sensitivities to the actual tragedy itself, it's because there's so much happening in between the tragedy and everything else that's happening in the world where you're like, oh, Enough has happened. Mm. 
and there's n- there's no filtration anymore. Yeah. There, no one's desen- everyone's desensitized to the point of everything's happening so much that there is no time anymore. Time is relative. See, I'm partially in a mind with you there, except I look at it as like I, I look at it or I'm seeing it as uh, um, when I when I talk to like my sister who's in healthcare about you know why healthcare practitioners tend to use gallows humor a lot. Mm-hmm. It's because they see so much of a thing that is traumatic. Um, that the easiest way, like the, the best way for them to deal with it is to crack jokes about it. Yeah. And so when we live in, it's not even a 24 hour news cycle anymore. It's like a minute to minute news oh, cycle. It's getting crazy. Yeah. Every time you touch your phone and access social media, you are going to get news. And usually it's going to be bad news because bad news propagates better than good news. Yep. People share bad news more often than good news. Yep. And so that cycle feeds us more bad news. And then I think that I think that part of the reason that we're we're shrinking that distance and being kind of just generally more okay with it is because we we need it. Like yeah. we, I'm not saying that it's okay. Yeah. I want to be very clear. I'm not I'm not agreeing with it or liking it. You're not condoning I'm, it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not condoning it. I'm just trying to explain it. And I think I think that, that is part of it is that we're trying to trying to find a way to shirk off the doom and gloom by cracking jokes, even if they're super off color jokes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And as somebody who lives in the off color jokes, like, uh, Jack Layton, former leader of the NDP party, that day after he died, um, <laughs> I made jokes immediately and I'm like, oh, this, I didn't like this guy to begin with. Nobody I knew liked him. Well, simultaneously, I made jokes about him the day after he died and it was like too soon. And I'm like, <laughs> you're probably right. But if I were to do that today, I'd be getting high fives. Like, that's, this is pretty fucking funny. No one's going to be telling me too soon now. Fun fact. Jack Layton was the first person I ever voted for. No. He was. My first vote <laughs> at 19 was for Jack Layton. Do you know why I voted for Jack Layton? Because he's an NDP piece of nope. shit. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the NDP at that point. There are two reasons that I voted for Jack Layton. Uh, my mother told me I had to vote because I was 19 and I liked his mustache. That was it. <laughs> That was it. All right. 19-year-old Will didn't know bugger all about politics. You get a pass. You get a pass. I'll I'll make it worse, though. I voted for Jagmeet Singh in the last election that I voted in, so... Yeah, but you were in Ontario, so I don't expect anything uh, less. I'd probably still be voting for NDP here. I wouldn't. Just not because I think that the NDP is good, per se. He's sitting there riding, like, Mm -hmm. Trudeau's dick the whole time. Oh, yeah. I, I... yeah, but I can't. I, I can't bring myself to vote for either of the other parties. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry, but the the conservative part. I believe there's something worth conserving in Canada, so I still uh, vote conservative. I mean, I think there are things worth conserving. That being but I don't said, think Pierre the do it. Polyev is an asshole. Oh yeah, but he's my asshole. <laughs> I mean, he's better than the what's his name from the People's Party of Canada. I can't remember his name. Which one? They they. I don't even remember who was running at the end of it. I like the PPC. I mean, the PPC, I mean, I have... Idealistically, the guy who is... What's his name? He's a, some Nova Scotia... No, was he? No, no, he's French-Canadian, I think. But hey. he's a he's an asshole. Like, I don't even know of any of his policies, oh, but watching him in debates... Yeah, I like he's him. He's an asshole. I like him. I mean, you would. I would, because I'm a bit of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it suits you. <laughs> With that being said, he was like, oh, yeah, this is going to hurt New Brunswick in the short run, but they are innovative people, and they will do good because they are they are capable, and they're not being they're not being pushed their capability because they're being subsidized by liberal policies. He believes in New Brunswick people more than they do. He, he says... 
It's a I nice, like him. It's a nice ideal, I he guess. He is a Jordan Peterson-esque politician, <sighs> and I See, like that. That's not selling him to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're, you're very liberal-minded, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, like, I like the term progressive. I to say yeah, I'm but he's progressive in the best way possible. He mm, is progressive. I don't he's, think Peterson is progressive. I do. Mm. He's going against every single grain. How much more progressive that's, do you that's need? That's not progressivism. Yes, Pro- it is. Progressive is, to me, progressivism. He's saying you can be everything you want to be if you just step up and be the person that you know you I, could see, be if you could be. This this might be cynical of me, but I don't think that that is a realistic thing. I believe in people. See, I, I, I do believe in people. People need fire. People need something but underneath I, their ass. I also them. think that only a small percentage of people, regardless of how fa- how hard they work, are going to move up any no. substantial amount. I disagree. I've seen too many people work too hard and get nowhere. I don't know anybody. I know so many people who who work so hard and they should get so much further in life. No, no. I, I know the people that work very hard that get exactly where they're going because they're, they're, they're working very hard at that spot. They're not working to get anywhere else. They're working to be good at that. They're not, they, they see no end goal. See, I, no, the, I, I think of, I think of hard work and bootstrap pulling as a. If it was bootstrap pulling, I'd be doing great. Well, no, but you know what I mean? And like I'm not, the, 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 I'm, I'm fucking not. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm short paychecks in many areas. I shouldn't have alcohol in my house because I have no justification for it. But do I believe in the ideal? Yes, I do. It's a great ideal, but I think that's all it is, is an ideal. I don't, no. I don't think it's realistic. I, long-term, yes. Short-term, <sighs> no. Long-term, yes. We can disagree here. Yeah, we're, we're just pretty, pretty straightforward. We're just going to have to disagree <laughs> on that one. I don't... And, and the thing is, I can, I can have you in my house and treat you as like, no, we're good. It's pretty nice. It is. The beer's is pretty it? good. With that being said, I do, again, I love this mm-hmm. right here. Like, we disagree on a lot of things. Yep. If we were online, we'd fucking hate each other. <laughs> I still, you know, there's still a handful of people that I do argue with online. Like, 90% of the times I post on Facebook is to argue with people. Yeah. Because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. And it, I have to always have to like, I have to take like 50% off of how intense I'm, I'm being because oh, I yeah. know that online it has, it has the tendency to get incendiary so easily. Oh, the thing is people horrible, people as a culture are horrible at communicating already. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to throw text with people are horrible at already. We're very bad at communicating. And then we're very, very bad at communicating very via text mm-hmm. and, and, and literature and writing because yeah. we're only giving part of our idea. When yeah, you can yeah. sit down and have a conversation, you get tones, you get mm-hmm. uh, engagement. And we may agree in some areas, obviously. Yeah. Well, simultaneously, we disagree in a lot. But because you can sit and have a conversation with mm-hmm. me, we can have a very good conversation. Yeah. Tone, inflection. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these different things that are around the words that you're saying. And the fact that, you know, if I do say something so incendiary, you can just reach over and slap me <laughs> and vice versa <laughs> is a great mitigator to how, how aggressive yeah. you are in a conversation when it's, at any given moment you just get cold clocked. You think that's a problem with Twitter? I think, uh, that's, I mean, a, I think that's the biggest think problem with Twitter is the people, no one can get slapped. Like, it's a problem with a lot of things. Oh, a lot of things. But Twitter is a huge one because it's like, oh, it gets so much engagement. It's like, yeah, but if people could actually sit and have a conversation, you'd probably agree on some things and disagree. I mean. You can disagree. I, I, I think disagreeing is important. Yeah. To, to be clear, I'm not endorsing violence in any way, shape, or form. But the fact that people can say crazy things without fear of violence, mm-hmm. I'm all for free speech. 
I'm also all for consequences. <laughs> I think if, you, if you say dumb things, you know, talk shit, get hit. Yeah. Like there, there always has to be that, that little, there should always be that little fear in the back of your head, not of getting hit per se, yeah, but, but of consequences. Half the people in the world haven't been hit in a long time. It's very true. I They've mean, been I avoid it like a plague. Yeah, no, I agree. Hey, <laughs> I have not been punched since getting out of the ring. Like, oh, yeah. that's, and, that's, and even then, um, I'm like, oh, I know what it feels like to get punched. Could I do it again? Sure. So is what I'm saying in this moment worthy of being punched in the face? And sometimes yes, sometimes no. And mm-hmm. most of the time, yes, because I know it's not that bad. <laughs> so I'm going to talk a lot of shit. Uh, but it's it's fine. You can have conversations and and and. Just sit down. If you disagree with somebody, don't waste your fucking time online. They'll be like, "Oh, I won." It's like let them f- let them win. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think anyone wins online. Nobody wins. But if somebody thinks they win, just walk away. You want to have a like, real conversation? Sit down. Yeah, talk to the guy. Nobody's winning in the conversation we're having. There, there's. No. I'm probably not going to pull you to my side of the aisle and vice no. versa. But the 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 muddling and melding of ideas is, is where I think like. It doesn't do me any good to have all these super progressive ideals in my head if I don't have anyone else to bounce them off of who thinks differently. Like, yeah. it, I, I look at it very much like a, um, kind of like you would look at like the, the the scientific theory in the sense that you have an idea, mm-hmm. I have a I have a hypothesis, and now someone else has to test that hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Someone else has to come along and say, "Can I reproduce that idea? What's wrong with that idea?" and critique it, and then yeah. I can go from there. I can't do that myself. And I can't really rely on people who already think the same way that I think yeah. to do that reliably Echo cha- either. Echo chambers, yeah. right? I avoid it like the plague. Like, I mean, like when I ta- sit here and talk about apologetics, I'd say about half of the apologetics I'm listening to are counter-apologetics because, I mean, that's the side that yeah, I'm but, on, obviously. But, because they're, but the thing is, and, and the apologetics that you listen to after, like against whatever you're saying. Exactly. Like I'm listening to that They're in an echo first. chamber as well. Very much so. And so when you need somebody that you can actually engage with one-on-one to act, yeah. answer your questions directly, to, not not passively. Yeah. To quote Gaither vocal band, sharpen <laughs> each other like steel on steel. Yeah. And that's why we become sharper, man. Like, All right. I mean, so, calling ourselves sharp is a bit of a overstatement, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I've met some people. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. As somebody who's going to be going back into pipelining, I, I had said that uh, pipelining is the carnies of the oil field. And somebody corrected, it's like, it's, it's, it's come a long way. And I'm like, okay, I hope so. Sure I thing, really pal. do hope so I because mean, I want that. I do. I mm-hmm. honestly want the higher grade people. Mm-hmm. But I came out of the oil field before. and Believe it when you see it. But the thing is, I wasn't the same person. I was True. the carny, <laughs> not carny, <laughs> but you know, just the, the lower, a little rough around the edges, rough around the edges. And I think I've polished off a little bit, but mm-hmm. I can still engage with the rougher guys because it's a useful skill to have in your toolbox. It really is. All right. So, um, before we come away from the sub thing, hmm, I do have to challenge you in a way of thinking. Okay. Let's say Bezos's rocket mm-hmm. that went into space had exploded would you have the same empathy or apathy for them as you do for the people who went down in the submersible? Because fucking space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to think that you have the same amount of apathy. Well, I simultaneously so. knowing myself, I might not. I'd be like, yeah, fucking rockets. <laughs> I think given, given my, my, I have to, to be, to be perfectly honest. I think the end result would be very much the same. I would still feel the same ickiness about making jokes about someone who passed 
and his, you know, I don't even know if Bezos has kids, but his ex-wife and all these things. People yeah. around him that would probably mourn his passing. Last chance. No, I'm good, thanks. All right, it's me. Um, I like to think that I would still feel a very, a, a very substantial amount of empathy for mm -hmm. them and for Bezos, who is still a person, despite yes. him doing things that I think reprehensible, like still a person. Um, but given how many years of my life I've spent generally disliking him, I have to admit that there is going to be a certain level of my subconscious that's probably going to be okay with jokes being made about him a little sooner. <laughs> I have to be real about that. Yeah. But the end result, I think, is that I, I would still feel very much the same way if it were Bezos passing. Deep, deep down, a little deeper down, you would, you would laugh at the jokes, but at the same time, yeah. you'd be like, oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, I'd be like, everyone else, I feel this bad. For yeah. Bezos, I feel a little bit less bad. Still bad. <laughs> Still feeling bad, still still experiencing the same emotions, just not quite as strongly. Yeah, you, you they're they're very masked in the um the he should know better. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. There is the he should know better in this one, because okay, yeah. looking at the organization itself, they did use the term we don't want to hire fifty year old white guys from naval background. Because that's not going to inspire anybody. Who can you pay better, a 25-year-old or a 50-year-old, ex experienced 50-year-old or a 25-year-old naive person? I mean, assuming that this experience correlates to actual marketable talent, you'd probably pay the 50-year-old more. Naval officers. People yeah, who have been in more. water. You would pay them more. Mm -hmm. But do you know who don't have to pay more? 25-year-old people with a game controller. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, we need to inspire. We don't want to hire the, and their words, not mine, 50-year-old white guy. Instead, they wanted to hire the 25-year-old person. How much who, of that was a dig at James Cameron? No, it was a direct quote from the person who created the, like, made these mm -hmm. submersibles. I mean, my point of view, I just see that as byproduct of capitalism hiring the cheapest labor to do the job no i see a byproduct of moral virtuing i mean there's i, I think they're probably trying saying, to spin oh, it that way you could easily now it's i think it's a two-parter it's one they can pay them less two they can moral virtue at the same time yeah i mean uh, i think I'll, it's two-parter i don't think uh, yeah, it's a one i'll be i'll be the first to criticize companies for virtue signaling i mean it's Pride Month. It's it's yeah. a month to celebrate Pride. And I, I think that like 95% of the companies that are changing their advertising to Pride flags are doing it to virtue signal. Like they're doing it very disingenuously. Oh, they're, they're doing it to make money. Yeah. And so I have I have no time for that. I have, I have absolutely no time for that BS. I've thought about leaving my bank because of it. I'm like, I mean, mostly because, not because I quote unquote hate gay people. It's the, hmm, I have a split view on this. You want to normalize it? Fucking stop. Take it away. Take away the Pride Month. If if it was normal, mm. you wouldn't need a month about it. You don't have a white Pride Month. No, but you they don't, don't have a need white it. Pride. No, you don't need it. You See, want to normalize it. Stop talking about it. Leave I, it alone. I think, I think that's a misconception about what Why? Pride Month. Let me, let me get into it here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and I think this is partially, I think the blame partially rests on the LGBTQ. Uh, plus. Uh, we'll just say plus. Yeah, LGBTQ plus. Partially resides with them and partially resides, I think, slightly more with corporations that have made it into just a celebration of being gay. The function of pride was never to celebrate being gay. The function of pride was to celebrate getting rights to be able to live your life the way you want to live it. So it was a celebration of having come through persecution. And so that's why I don't hold 
gay pride and straight pride or white pride on the same level because white people haven't had to come through being persecuted. So here, here's what I'm saying. As long as they have to have a month, it will never be normalized. I think that the goal, this, this is me, I don't want to speak for anyone no, else I, I, within, uh, within the, the, the community, the, the alphabet mafia. Um, that, I'm that's glad you said it. I'm glad you said it. And I, I get a kick out of the alphabet mafia term. I, I say that lovingly. Mafia I don't, is the I right word. I say that very much. No, no, it's see. It's the right word. I say it because I, I wear that term as a badge of honor, not yes, because I think it's Yes, but it can a, be weaponized, so mafia is the right can, word. I, <laughs> I didn't I think, say it. How to word this. If you want to know, I, I think if you want to normalize this, stop, stop it. I think the Same goal the black, the should black be. black month. I think the goal should be to get there. But while we're still dealing with them being marginalized, I think that it needs to exist. How are they being marginalized? 94, 95, you just said 95% of companies are changing their flag. They're no longer marginalized. Well, not in that sense. And in Canada, they're really not. Like in Canada, we're pretty much past, like largely, not entirely. Yeah, but it's being pushed. It's, it's, it's it is government being pushed. sponsored. And yeah. The, the moment that something is government sponsored, everyone's walls go up, including my own. I'm yeah. like, Fuck that. I, I, agree. I don't like what you're pushing because I, I don't like being pushed. I agree, but there's no other real way to do it. Yes, there is. No, grassroots didn't work. Grass, yes, it did. No, the, the, yes, end, it the end did. result of grassroots was a riot in L.A. No, that was, nope. Yes. Nope. That was cops being, one, that guy sped through child, like regular zones. Like okay. Field. I'm not saying what they did was right. I'm saying their reaction to the cops not be not being charged was a little crazy. I didn't think they it was the primer right. on a powder keg. Yes, it was already bad. Everyone reacted badly. Yeah, I'll say that. Well, simultaneously, it did work. Now, if it, now if a black guy feels like a black person, if they feel like they can get away with the crime, they're literally doing it and they're not getting charged. Look at in New York City a. A black civilian stopped a homeless man from assaulting other people. And he is like, oh, you'll be fine. And then Penny, the other one, uh, the white Marine who put on a shitty chokehold, killed a, a homeless person. And he now he's being put before a judge and possibly going to jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough to, about either races. of those. You change the races and all of a sudden the black person is getting fine with it. Everyone was like, no, it's not. It's non-case. I don't know anything about either case to, to, I know to offer much opinion. Both to say that as a black person in America, you get just as much, if not more. See, as a race. general rule, that's not the case. There are, there are special Maybe. instances. There are instances where it has worked in favor of black people. I mean, there's instances where people have gotten ahead in life because they were black. They got yeah. a diversity scholarship or whatever, yeah. and they get a leg up. But that's because, statistically speaking, they're not given the opportunities that everyone else is given. Like They, they literally have incentive programs built in place. And, and it's still not a level playing field. What, what's, what's the level? <laughs> so... What's a good example? Um, let me see. Because if because if you're from China, they they value education and they're pushing their children and more kids from a Asian background will do better in the school system because again I and the thing this is somebody who disagrees with the school system as it sits. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that means competency. You can be very good at writing things on paper. That doesn't mean you're a competent individual. Very true. And so just be. 
in, in, in the Asian culture, you come so, to America, you can do very well in the school system where it's like, oh, but you're black, you can't. Oh, this is, this is a really big conversation. So we'll it's touch on huge. it. Yeah, we'll touch on it quickly, <laughs> but I don't want to get too bogged down. We got to, we got to wrap it up. Um, so on the surface, looking at the number, let, let's use universities as an example, the number of, um, black applicants to white applicants within universities. Let's say there's a diversity scholarship. So there's a guaranteed number of like, you know, three black people or whatever, which, like a flat which, number. What kind of scholarship? I don't know. Because if you say Pick basketball, it's... No, no. Let's let's say it's a, it's, a, it's actual, like a, an actual scholastic one. Okay. Scholastic. Okay. Um, there we go. I had, you got and, you, Yeah. You and they have, have the diversity to. thing. On the surface, like if you just look at that, that slice, there's less black people applying for the mm-hmm. positions yep. and they're getting a flat number that are putting put in. So that should be unequal yeah. treatment in favor of the black people. Why? The problem is, no, no, that, that, that's, oh, that it's unequal in favor. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you're just looking at that level. So here I'm going to use a whole bunch of words that you're probably going to really, really hate. Yeah. And I apologize in advance. They're the <laughs> words that I know to use because I, 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 most of my reading about this is on like a, um, a rough, like layman scholastic level. Yeah. And so this is the language that I have. Yeah, a yeah, lot of it yeah. is going to be. Sometimes there's not yeah. better words. It's going to be cliche really as hell. It's like, going to be, yeah. I, I Really fucking cliche. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to suppress yeah. my desire to interject. So this, this situation is where we get into the idea of intersectionality in the sense that just that vertical slice isn't the whole story. Mm-hmm. When we break down the average median income of black families, we start to see a discrepancy. We start to see that less black people are making money. So less of them are getting educated, which means less of them are getting to school in the first place. We look deeper into that. Why aren't they getting educated? Well, we see that in most American states, um, the amount of revenue that a school has to educate its students is based on the property taxes of the area. So most black people, majority, not all, are in lower income housing or rental housing, they've been pushed there by redlining that happened during like the, what, 20s and 30s, redlining um, that would push them you're, you're out talking, of suburban you're, areas. You're talking about gerrymandering, which both sides... No, 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 gerrymandering is a different thing. Gerrymandering is changing voting lines. I'm talking redlining in the sense that back post... Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, b- ability for uh, minority groups to be able to buy own houses. housing. Yes. So they got pushed into lower income higher families in, in like rental spaces in uglier areas of town that generate less property taxes. So they will inherently have less money to educate their children, which means less of their children will get to school. And that system is still happening. So it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't work just to look at the top end at the university section. We have to break it down and look down the line and see how far, like, is it turtles all the way down type idea? (laughs) I feel like you've been listening because we say that all the time on here. Turtles I, all the I way down. don't actually hear that, but that's cool. We say it all the time. Um, all right. So you, but then, the, okay. Then you take into account the very fact that let's say hypothetically you are talking about redlining and having these things of lower property tax and all these things. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, okay, then there's gentrification that happens because people who are good with their money, uh, who are traditionally, let's just say people white, who are rich. Influential. I'll just say influential, not even just people who see an opportunity say, hey, there are lower property values here. We can buy a lot of things and flip them, make them better 
in in living in in a lot of ways more marketable i think mm-hmm. more, more marketable is a better way of putting it not even better sure. more marketable uh and and they're saying okay so they call it gentrification which i disagree with and it's just a matter of seeing an opportunity filling it and saying i can buy something cheap here flip it make some money and if you look at a 15 20 percent increase on your income that's it's great you buy five properties well you're gonna get more and more so what's the result of them doing that uh more income for the schools and, sort and, of. and you cannot use the lower income property you, because they have been throwing money at these lower income neighborhoods for years. If yeah, it was not a, a matter of throwing money <clears throat> at a system, which is broken. Oh yeah. I'm not saying throw money at it. I'm saying the whole system has to get fixed. But that's the thing with the school system. The more money that they throw at it, the less but money that's the, 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 the not making the schools better. You, it's not making the education you're, better. You're making a really good example because you're talking about them buying up these areas, mm-hmm. raising the property tax value, which mm-hmm. increases the funding the schools get. No, I'm, but, no, I'm talking about schools that are in low com, low income areas that are getting um, more money than they should be getting. Uh, and, and more uh, recently, yes, they have been getting extra. They have been getting a lot of money, but it's, and it hasn't. It has not had the outcome that they desired of having a higher test scores it, and better schools. Okay, not not getting into the whole thing of test scores. That's that's its own ball of I, wax. Oh, that's a how testing horrible works. thing. Yeah. Because the, the teachers market and they yeah, also get paid on bonuses. Slinging a bit more there. money at the schools isn't going to fix the whole problem. It might alleviate it a little bit, but it's not going to fix it. But the when you have gerrymandering, or not gerrymandering, um, gentrification, right. sorry. Yeah. What happens is you, they usually rich white investors come, buy the property, install new businesses, property value goes up, property taxes go up. People who originally lived there can no longer afford to live there. They're yeah. forced to move somewhere else. So the school might get more money, yeah. but it has less black students to begin with because they've yeah. had to go somewhere else that's yeah. cheaper they can afford. Yeah. It's not fixing the problem. It's just pushing them to a different slum. Yeah, but no, that. but once that place has become gentrified, then the money has been made. Yeah, but not for the black people. It's made for somebody else. No. Yes. You don't think that they're able to sell their the but property? They, they sold bought? it at a fraction of what? No. It, the fr- yes. A fraction of what? A fraction of what they could have been making? Because before gentrification. What do you mean could have been making? Because if they would have held out a little bit longer, they would have been making more. But they can't afford but to hold out. Hold on. They still made more money for the property that they had beforehand. Because the, the, the price was already that raised. That doesn't help because you they had said, to get rid of their business. You just said that they gentrified the neighborhood. They raised the value of the property. Yes, they can't afford the taxes, but they are still selling at a rate higher than they paid what, for but it. But what good does that do them when they have to uproot their business and go to a different slum because where the business may not function as well? No, it may not function as well, but they are going into the next slum with a higher uh, higher so, fund. So so what? So that doesn't fix anything. So oh, let's say I paid 100000 hypothetically. I paid $100,000. Somebody else came in, raised the property value. Yeah, I might not be able to pay the tax, but I could sell the business that I paid $100,000 for for $400,000 and then move into a move into a neighborhood where I could buy a better business. Okay, so that okay, so that that might have Let's let's grant that. I, okay. I don't fully agree with that, but let's you grant. You might not agree, but I'm just saying, I'm like, just saying that's, that's your premise. Let's grant that that happens. One family got pulled out of poverty. Or even a handful, let's say a handful okay. of the business right. owners in the area got pulled out of poverty. The other 90% of the people that are, are rent- now getting pushed somewhere else okay, and still in about, poverty. But then you're talking about renters. You're talking, you're not talking about homeowners. 
homeowners are still making a lot more money because they wouldn't sell if they knew that their property. They can, but like generally speaking, they're not getting five times value on the house. That's only happening to the people who manage to hold out. Yeah. The majority of people won't have the money to hold out because the cost of their property is going to be so high, they have to get out first. They're not going to get a big payout. They might get a little bit more than they paid, not enough to uplift them out of poverty. Yeah, but- They're just going to have to go be impoverished somewhere else. As, as somebody who's living through the tax hike bullshit because yeah. I have a new school in my neighborhood, which I'm not utilizing, really frustrating. I'm ready to get out of the fucking city mm-hmm. uh, and I'm paying higher taxes. Uh, I, I am doing the holdout game mm-hmm. and there there's opportunity with time and these people are most of the time working. They're still working. They can do what they can until they have to. It's not... It's not an apples to apples comparison. Like the, 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 the rent hikes that we're seeing here mm-hmm. and the amount of money that we make on average per capita here is not the same as something deep in the city. That's true. You, we, we, it's, I am isolated in the understanding of how much it can go up because I'm quite sure it's more substantial. Substantially. And, and their income isn't increasing at the same rate that ours is. Like I look back to like when I used to work in Fort St. John seven years ago, the average wage here has gone up like. Like I remember when I was a laborer in 2000 and what would it have been like 12? Yeah. You start at like 14, 15 bucks an hour. Yeah. Just for labor. Now yeah. you'll be lucky if you can hire a laborer for less than like 18, 19 an hour. Yeah. Because people won't work for less. No, because they don't have to. Exactly. It's so like the, the amount of money. Well, yeah, it is. The, the amount of money that we make here is, is, is going up very quickly. Because demand is high. Yes. And that's all great. I just mean that like the, to, to get back to the, 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 the previous bit, like the, the intersectionality of how uneven these systems are in in opposition to uh, uh, we're, we're going to use black people in opposition to to we're just in minorities to minorities yeah there we go it's not just black um, it's, it's Mexicans yeah Indians, blacks Chinese. are just like the, the the best example because it's the most documented yeah and the most studied I the, mean that is what well there's the longest case study for them because they've been in America almost I mean yeah as that long that as is the the, the, the European Americans purpose of critical race theory is to try and examine that whole whole shebang as a as a collective intersectional thing and so it's it's the best example I think that we have of how that works. Well, it's the longest case study. I don't think it would be the best example because the Chinese are fucking, they're killing it. I'm sorry, but Asian cultures and Indian cultures, not just mm-hmm. both Asia, apparently. I don't know geography that well, okay. but they are phenomenal at taking these these low-income areas and then turning around and using them to bolster their economic f- footing to do amazing things. I don't know much about it to speak on it. I mean... I, w- I would suggest a book called Freakonomics. I've heard of it. Fucking amazing. And also uh, Millionaire Mind and the Millionaire Next Door. These are case studies. No race, none of that stuff. Just economical studies of millionaires and, and how they use their money and their mindset, how they do things. And a huge thing is the Indian American, Ukrainian American, uh, these markets of these people and how they think and how they conduct themselves. Hmm. And I... I at no point saw they were just like oh let's look at I think Freakonomics is one of the best ones I I'll take a look at it it's they have a great uh, I want to say a great podcast but it's very you'd like it I fucking hate it <laughs> it's <laughs> it's because it's very um socialistic in the way that it looks at some things hmm. where I try not to see the socialistic standards 
Hmm. But at the same time, they try to attribute uh, the drop in crime to abortion. And I don't like that. That's a line I have not heard before. You take I mean, a listen. I've heard lots of interesting things around abortion, but that's not one of them. Yeah, the drop in crime because Roe versus Wade was because the drop in crime. Remember the nineties? They were talking about like you might not remember, but they were talking about the the horrible black um, predator. Yeah, and then the drop in crime never actually the, the raising crime never happened, and they's like, oh, what happened? Well, they got jobs. That was the initial idea. And there's like, no, uh, this book contends, this book, I'm not saying this, the book Mm -hmm. is saying it, uh, that it was because of the Roe v. Wade decision that was made to allow abortions that actually lowered the crime in the 90s. I mean, I don't know how right that is. I don't like it. I can draw a logical through line there that kind of makes sense, but there's like a whole lot of and ors, ifs, or buts in between the points in that line. Give it a listen. I, I, I think you would like it. Well, simultaneously, myself, I'm like, I don't like it. Well, simultaneously, <laughs> I kind of see what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Freakonomics, really good book. Really a lot of fun. Interesting. I, I, I'd give it a listen. I'll have to see. I'll see if it's on like Audible or something like that. That's, it, that's it, generally it how I look is. at those things. I would take a look at it. All right, before we uh, skew too far, I do want to talk about the halo effect and because um, we already talked about the if this was in space mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm hoping I wouldn't. Yeah. All right, now the halo effect. Okay. These were billionaires. Yep. They should know better. You'd think. You would think. <laughs> now, I've had a lo- I've had a long-standing thought when it comes to safety and things that you're allowed to do. Where I think that if you're allowed to do it, like if, if there's a market for it, it's probably safe. They've they've done all the precautions. You can go zip lining through the rainforest at 100 mm-hmm. miles an hour. You can go scuba diving off the coast of Mexico. You can do tons of things. And you think because you're capable of doing it that they put in the steps to make it so it's safe enough for you to do it. Hmm. I've, I've always had that mindset. Have you, how about you? My mindset is <laughs> largely, uh, largely, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to adjust this quickly. It's all largely there. capitalism influenced. I always assume, and this is, this is very cynical of me. I always assume that whenever a company provides a product, their first, their first, uh, line of business is to do the thing as cheaply and efficiently as possible. And so when it comes to safety precautions, I generally assume that the least amount of safety precaution feasible is done. See, I'm the opposite. I'm thinking the liability outweighs the cost of them uh, 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 failing. See, the older a company is, the more I agree with that. Like I look at something like a, a shell or most large chain stores that have these like immense amount of insulation against liability. Yeah. They do that because they've been sued so many times because they didn't have it before. And generally speaking, the profits they make by not doing it are more affordable than the lawsuits up to a point. And as soon as the lawsuits start to cost more than the cost cutting, that's where the safety nets come into play. And so I I always assume that a company is going to do as little safety as humanly possible to get See, by. I'm, I'm the opposite. I worry about liability and all that stuff. So I assume that they've done the liability analysis and they say, hey, 
if it wasn't worth the liability, we wouldn't go this far as to mm. do it. And so I assume that they've done that. Well, I even tell my wife because we, I think we went scuba diving or mm-hmm. something. And I'm like, oh, we'll be fine. They wouldn't allow us to do it if it wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing has fucking just destroyed that way of thinking. Yeah. When you see There's arguably really, really smart people hop into, like when you see pictures of the inside of that submersible, you couldn't yeah. pay me to go under, you couldn't pay me to go in a swimming pool in that thing, let alone down to the Titanic. Like, see, I, I would have fallen for it. I would have been like, oh, there's no way they would have somebody inexperienced bring me under the water. Like, they've done this a million times. Like, it'll be fine. Uh, To be clear, just because I have my really cynical, jaded way of looking at it, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, no, that is that is a totally understandable thing to think. I'm ruined. I'm ruined. (laughs) (laughs) I I did have this think of no, no, they no, they they wouldn't possibly do do that. Now I'm like, fuck, I'm not going in. And that's just from somebody who rides a motorcycle, which mm-hmm. is like a death trap on wheels. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there was this huge idea that I had in my head of there's no way they would allow this to happen. And it was happening for years. Mm-hmm. For 250 grand a pop. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's wild they made it this far before something went wrong. Yeah. Like, that's the part that blows my mind. Is it like this, this, this charade managed to go this long before something bad happened. Yeah. And the person, one of the people that they actually, they had somebody reporting and saying, Hey, uh, I have some safety concerns and they fired them two years. Two people. Two people. Mm -hmm. And, and just, Mm -hmm. okay. I don't want to say those people should be charged for not coming forward because they kind of washed their hands. They did what they could do to the company. But I think the company, knowing that, should be held criminally liable. They should be going to jail. When you agree. have people and then you're firing them, fucking send those people to jail. Yeah, yeah whoever whoever made the calls to, to hide it. it. It's hard. Like that. That's where I, mean, I imagine an investigation has to come into play. Like at what point down the chain of authority did it become known that it was unsafe? Yeah. I mean, at what point on the, on the ladder did, did, you know, Bill asked Bob and Bob said, Bill, it's safe. Don't worry about it. We checked with the guys in technical and then Bill's like, oh, okay, cool. We're, we're good then. Like, what the fuck do I know about submersibles? I'm just the computer programmer. Yeah. He goes about his business. He's fine. The guy who told him that it was fine, knowing that it wasn't to jail with him, like kick his ass to the curb, please. And thank you. And I think that's the scariest part is that I'm like, okay, my entire foundation of what I think is safe now. But the thing is, I'm glad it happened now for Mm -hmm. for me anyways, Mm -hmm. because I can be like, okay, just because something is something you can pay for Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's safe. So when I go on vacation with my kids, there's things that I will do for myself Mm -hmm. that I will not allow my kids to do. And now that I've seen this, I'm like, okay, now I can tell my kids, look at this incident. Look at what happened. This was deemed safe according mm-hmm. to them and according to everything that was around them. This was okay. It's not. It, it's it's a great cautionary tale. And like you, like, you look at the inside of that, like I'm using, I'm probably beating this, this horse, that, like this dead horse in, into the dirt with this, but you look at the inside of that submersible and I look inside of it. And it's a cylinder with like two screens and a controller. <laughs> not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but just, there's so little going on yeah. that immediately sets off a little flag in my head. And I'm like, there's nothing here. There's no contingency options. There's no extra, like going to the bottom of the ocean should be difficult. 
Yes. This looks easy. The thing is, it was for years. Yeah. And like, this looks easy. I don't trust it. Like if I, if I go to go on a, uh, if I go to hop on a motorcycle, which I'm terrified of doing. Yeah. You and Devin are probably going to give me a spiel about driving it, driving safe, do this, don't do this. It may not be a super long, but I'm, I'm going to get safety steps and things to do and not yeah. do to look at that sub. And it's like, ah, it's easy. You just go in the submersible. We'll control every, I'm assuming this is like, we'll control everything. You don't yeah. have to do very much. Cause that's what it looks like on the inside. I would be like, hell no, yeah. do not trust that. Assumed competency. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, no, fuck that. Well, you're paying 250 grand. You think you it would doesn't, think it doesn't look like, like they spent 250 grand to no. build a thing and they're, and they're letting you ride it for 250 grand. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, how, yeah. how, how? Like, like, like I look at, I, I, you, what's a good example? Uh, skydiving. Skydiving is a great example. Ugh. There, do you know how many rules are in place? Exactly. There's so many. Exactly. I have, I have friends that do it for fun. Like that's So I trust thing. that so much because there is so much red tape to cut through to be able to skydive. Yeah. I trust that so much more. Like so I'm like, can, they have to be taking it you seriously. You can free dive or no, you can, you can skydive with somebody, but you have to do the certain amount. I got a friend who's six foot five and that's his thing. That's what he does. And he had to do the steps to get to the point where he could do it on his own. I have aunts, uncles, sister-in-laws, these people I know who have done it. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it. Like the, they didn't like it. No, we're fine. Just hop out and it'll just do it. No, they were attached no. to somebody who knew what they were That's doing. That's it. The only way you can solo jump without putting in the hours to get there is if you're literally tethered to a line that pulls your chute for you so that you can't fuck it up. Yeah. That's it. Like that's great. I trust that so much more because there's guide rails that say, don't screw up or you'll die all over the place. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, cool. I should not screw up or I'll die. Yeah. They're taking this seriously. I feel way better about this. All right. I'm not going to name drop on this one, but I had a friend. He was getting married. Mm-hmm. So this is what he did. He was getting, the day he got married, he jumped out of a plane and they put down smoke uh, where the field next to where his wedding was. Mm-hmm. And he landed Right next to, like, so he jumped out of the plane on his wedding day, landed, took off his jump outfit, hopped on a motorcycle, and rode across the road to where he was getting married <laughs> in a tuxedo. Talk about making an entrance. Fucking just, oh. That is, but that, that is some mad chat energy. that guy put some time in. He, he, he packs his own shoot. He knows mm-hmm. exactly how everything works. He's not waiting on a 25 year old yeah. who has zero experience, who doesn't get paid enough to, 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 to use a controller from fucking Radio Shack. I know yep. the Radio Shack's not a thing anymore, but it's a, Yeah, I know what you mean though. Uh, and it's just, they put in the time mm-hmm. and they, they paid the cost. They did what it took. And these people in the submarine didn't do what it took. And one more thing. Before we get too far, the halo effect. <laughs> yep. The assumption, because they're a billionaire, because they're a millionaire, means they know more than we do. It's not there anymore. No. That's good. I like that. I think it is because we assume, oh, they made their millions. They should know things I don't. They probably know a handful of things. Well, I mean, they probably know lots of things about like business and all these things. But yeah. I mean, like the difference between being a billionaire and not being a billionaire can be as much as like one really good idea. Yeah, but they, they become complacent in their health and safety yeah. because yeah. they're like, oh, no, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't. Oh, there's this thing. Oh, it's 250 grand. They wouldn't put my health and safety in jeopardy for their 20, 250 grand. Mm-hmm. No, they would. They would. The halo effect is dissipating. Because we're doing it with our celebrities, we're doing it with our uh, ideological class, our mm-hmm. s- just 
everybody. Yeah, we I mean, need to start seeing these people and be like, all right, where are they wrong? But the problem, but then we go in the other fact where we assume that, okay, just because they're successful doesn't mean they're smart. Well, maybe they're successful for a reason. Maybe we should look at why. Maybe. And I, I look at people like, I mean, I look at people like Elon Musk. I mean, Elon Musk is successful. Yep. That's beyond contestation. Oh, <laughs> I mean, hyper successful. Some of his business ideas have not worked out, yeah. a la Twitter. Yeah. Some have. Risk. That being risk, said. Risk takes something. Yeah. At the same time, he got jump-started by his daddy owning a jade, a jade mine. Yeah. So he also got a, a leg up but into where, an industry. Where, where's his daddy? I don't know. Dead? Beats me. Who knows? We know where Elon Musk is. He's making electric cars, which are cooler and faster and better than any electric car out there. Sort of. Compared to who? Uh, well, that's actually a very good point. But I mean, the, quali- the quality of Tesla has been nosediving lately because Musk is cutting costs to keep yeah. profits up. But at the it, same time, it sounds, he, but cooler. Name a cooler electric car. I mean, it was cool. Now but, I well, but name a cooler one. Well, this is the thing. It was cool because it was the best product on the market and because Elon Musk made it. But now the luster is worn off of Elon Musk yes. and the product is no longer the best in the market necessarily. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to be a dick, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, you can't name a cooler one because the luster, yes, the luster is worn off it's because the, it's the, become commonplace. The branding is good. Yes. But at the same time, if you can't displace it with something better, it's because you can't think of anything better. And it's, a, it's nothing against you. It's the, it, it's become old hat. It's fine. Yeah, but, but at the same time, you can't name one. That doesn't mean it's beyond criticism though. No, no, I'm not saying it's beyond criticism, yeah. but if you can't displace it with something better, like the Mustang Mach-E, which looks like an obese horse, if it's going to be a Mustang, mm-hmm. I fucking hate them. Really bothers me how much, what they did to the Mustang. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hummer HE. It'll be great, but as a highway pony, yeah, it's not I mean, going to be good m- off-road. Most electric vehicles don't really do off-road. No, but they're trying to do it with they're trying to do it with motorcycles. They're trying to do it with love, mm-hmm. with the especially with the. I would love an electric dirt bike because I don't like lots of noise. Yeah, I mean, I'd like an electric bike because all I'm going to use a motorcycle on is the highway. Mm-hmm. Me personally, so the electric motorcycle sounds like a cool idea to me. Mm-hmm. Um. But the, the the actual implementation is not there. Who is a better electric car? Everyone else is doing it as a side product. He did it as a absolute project. I don't know enough about electric cars to say. I know that like. But you know Tesla. I mean, I know of Tesla because the branding is really good. Yep. And because Elon Musk is memorable, if not great. I, I, I appreciate that about him. <laughs> and he is memorable. I'll yeah. give him that. I mean, I look at these people and I don't want to pass too harsh a judgment, but at the same time, I'm going to pass some yeah. kind of, I mean, I'm going to claim to pass some kind of judgment, whether or not it, it sticks as, as moot. I view their excessive success, whether we're looking at a Musk or a Zuckerberg or a Bezos, not as much a function of them being talented or intelligent not to say they don't have good ideas. I mean, somebody had to think up how Amazon exploits people's attention span to sell them things. Oh, someone yeah. had to as, think as a, up. As opposed to. Someone had to think up how Facebook harvests our information and resells it. Yeah. On, on an information marketplace. How they advertise to us, how their algorithms determine what to advertise. Like smart people had to think that stuff up. I don't know how much of that is directly Zuckerberg and how much of that is people Zuckerberg hired or Musk hired or Bezos hired. 
but I view all like every one of those companies, a large portion of why it got to where it is, is by either exploitation of a workforce or exploitation of a customer base. So in Facebook's case, they exploited our privacy and now they're getting, you know, sued into the dirt for it. In the case of Amazon, they exploited their workers. And in the case of Tesla also exploited his workers amongst other things, but they're getting there partially on innovation. Isn't, isn't all marketing a certain level of exploitation? I mean, all marketing certainly is, second, certainly is exploitation in a sense that they are trying to convince you 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 need something. They're they're separating you from your money. Yeah. And I, I would, I would generally agree with that, but where's the line between acceptable exploitation and unacceptable exploitation. Abusive. I would use the word abusive abusive exploitation. Yeah, where's that line? Well, that's very ambiguous. It is. As somebody who coined it right here, you're welcome, uh, I I would think it's very subjective in a lot of ways of knowledge, education, because we are the most education possible community of the world. We have the entire world at our fingertips and no one's taking the time to actually, how not? Hmm? How not? Because Abigail Thorne, somebody who said, I have a philosophy degree, you can have it for free because I'm going to give you all my yes. information and everything. We have the world of possibility at our fingertips at all times. People exploit themselves by um, exploit themselves by not taking them ta- the time to e- educate and understand the world around them. So it's not that they are exploiting because they are to a certain degree, but People exploit themselves by not taking the time to become educated and to take an understanding. Because are you assuming that the world around them is not giving them the understanding that you have everything right here? Everyone's been saying it for years. Joe Rogan, the biggest podcast in the world, is saying we are the smart, the capable of being the smartest generation in the world. He's bringing on. We are definitely capable. I don't think it's realistic. But then it's never been. I don't think it has ever been realistic for us to be the smartest population in the world. But it's it's the most, it's most as it's ever been. I would agree with that. It's probably the best it's ever been. I think it has a long ways to go before it's something that we can assume of people Mm -hmm. that they should be educated. I mean, the, the barriers and like, it's, it, it's something that I have to question. Again, I'm going to use some rhetorical language that's going to be kind of gross and I wish I had better words for it. <laughs> I view as a, as a, a sort of privilege of my circumstance being that I, I was raised in a household that generally encouraged me to have high epistemological standards in mm-hmm. terms of what I believe, why I believe it. Um, I was raised in a household where, I mean, I got an education and not just an education and what I was told, this is the way things are. Mm-hmm. I was given an education and told, question it. Yeah. Like that's part of being educated is to ask more questions. And a lot of people don't necessarily get that. I mean, I, that's something that I, I see a lot in apologetics is people being taught by their parents about religion and not given, there's, there's no wiggle room for like, you know, it could be this way, but you should look into it yourself. No, it's like, this is what God said. This is what the Bible says. This is the way things are. This is a really like black and white example. Yeah. So I understand that it is overly simplistic. There's a lot of s- things still in place societally that, that stymie 
that desire to to have higher epistemological standards. And I want those standards to go up. Yeah. But I don't think everyone I, – I feel privileged in the sense that I was raised in a household that had all that. Not everyone did. And so I don't want to assume that everyone should have the same drive to learn that I do when they weren't necessarily raised in a situation that encouraged it the way that I was. All right. Um, I want to team with you on something. Okay. I want to read Nietzsche at the same time as you. Okay. Because I, from my understanding of him, is a um, he. He speaks of the death of God. Is that the the sociological understanding of who God is had brought forth the death of God? That the more that we understand science and social and and all these things, brought forth the idea that there is no longer necessity. So this this. The more that we learn, the more that we said, hey, here's the, here's what you need to know. Here's mm-hmm. what the social tells you, and this is how you should question it, has brought forth the death of God. And uh, it's not a literal, but a figurative mm-hmm. a death of needing a need for God. Mm-hmm. And so I have always wanted to do more research well, and learn more because I, I, I it's more I'm understanding this from a... Um, uh, regurgitated understanding of who Nietzsche is mm-hmm. and what he said. Yeah. And I, I assume you're kind of on that same line as I am while simultaneously not having read it. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say so. I think we could have a lot of fun with that. Let's do it. Start our own little philosophy book club. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, uh, we covered Halo Effect. We covered, uh, what did we not cover? We covered a lot of ground tonight. We, we covered We were kind of all over so the place. So much. I don't feel bad about it. No. Uh, oh, fuck it. It's been fun. I really. Love I, I love just... these little evenings together. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the gayest thing you said all day. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Fun story. Fun story to close this out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, do it. And I, I love this because I know that my, my, my uncle is not going to listen to this podcast because he doesn't. Oh, doesn't... isn't that great? Okay. I know so many people that so, aren't listening. <laughs> so I work for my uncle and he's a fantastic person. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Two weeks ago? was the Pride Walk here in town, yeah. which I went to. I went to the Pride Walk and yeah. I enjoyed it. And then I went right. to the dance afterwards. I didn't and I was, know there was a thing. Yeah, uh, that's fine. <laughs> and I told him that I was going to go to the Pride Walk. He was like, we were sitting around Friday having our, our pizza and, and talking about what we're doing for the weekend. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to the Pride Walk and then go to the, go to the dance. He's like, oh, if some big hairy bear comes up and asks you for a dance, you're going to dance with him? And I was like, yeah, probably if he asks you're, nicely. You're the hairy bear. <laughs> I'm not that hairy. <laughs> um, but anyways, he asked me and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll probably dance with him if he's polite about it. I don't, I don't care. I'm just someone wants to dance with me I take that as a compliment like whatever he hasn't clued into the fact that I am part of the alphabet mafia like I qualify yeah, yeah, yeah. he hasn't clued in and so I, I said that I made that joke and then he was telling his son about this his son knows that I am yeah, yeah. and so his son was like trying to explain to him what that means yeah. he still hasn't clued in he is still completely, <laughs> it is still flying so far above his head. And so it's become a game now in the shop where I'm incrementally doing things that are slightly gayer than, than before. And I'm waiting until I can see that little switch flick in his head. And he's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's, it's so oh. much fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> what are you going to be sucking his dick and be like, I think he's no, gay. Probably not that. That would be incestuous. But. Just, just oh, the sorry. comments, the things I'm planning on going doing. I may not even actually go do some of the things that I mentioned, but I'm gonna just, just incrementally do slightly, oh, that's slightly more. Uh, <laughs> fucking gold! Uh, it, it's so much fun. 
And I love working with, I work with a bunch of like blue collar, super conservative guys. Yeah. And bless their hearts. They also think that's the funniest shit they've ever seen (laughs) watching me do this. (laughs) I appreciate their good nature about it so, so much. That's, I am, I am so glad to be on the sidelines of all this shit. (laughs) It's so great. I'm just raising a little chaos, man. Fucking do it. Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you've been listening. Hey, what did you think of our, what, was it a Rage Culture one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was I hoping. quite finished it. You haven't quite finished it? Uh, I was hoping there'd be more outrage, and you know, we kind of got to the point of fucking D- Dylan Mulvaney. We're like, mm-hmm. fucking have at her. Like, if if, Bull, if somebody wants to pay me to say stuff, I'm like, I, I take the it. money. I take the money. Yeah. It's not me who's changing my values. It's them. Yeah. And we did get to the point of, if they want to do that and shoot themselves in the foot, where do they want to do? Cool. I'll take the money. Dylan Mulvaney, good on you. Bud Light, you shit beer anyways. Who cares? Yeah. Piss of awesome. It's So I hope you get to finish that one. And <laughs> I'm, you, you are my most liberal friend and brother. And uh, I fucking enjoy having you on. <laughs> All right, brother, I disagree with you on so (laughs) many things, but I'm so glad that we're friends. I wouldn't (laughs) have it any other way. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know a better way to end this. Uh, Anything, I don't think there's anything we haven't hit, so I don't even know what to name this one. (laughs) I don't know either. Uh, Devin's fired. Oh, I hope he hears that. (laughs) On on that lovely note, uh, Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Don't die. All right. God bless, guys. (laughs)